With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're recording. Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is Monday, July 18th, when we are recording this, 9.48 p.m. Have to be very specific on this because there could be news that happens in between um, when this episode drops and, you know, when you listen to it. So yep. we want to make sure we're, we're very accurate on our timing. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. How's it going? How do good, we feel? Good. Yeah. What a, what a week it was. Yeah. Literally will not have time to touch on every single thing that happened. Just an insane yeah. draft, free agency. Yeah. A lot of a lot of fun stuff occurring as always, but I mean, yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs were moving and shaking, so we do have a lot to talk about on that front as always. I oh, think yeah. most teams were moving and shaking, other than the Islanders, clearly, but the Leafs especially. Holy, like, yeah, you had a point. I was just gonna say, you want to do a quick rundown on what we lost? Maybe before I sorry, I don't know if you if I jumped your point there, but I had no point. I was completely floundering right. right now. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many things to talk about yeah, yeah. that I'm just so disoriented and just disheveled almost right now. Um, so in terms of the losses, that's what you wanted to touch on, right? Yeah, just to see like kind of the holes that we're yeah. going to need to fill in your mind for next year. So obviously we, we lost Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. We traded Peter Mrazek at the draft, Jack Campbell to unrestricted free agency. Mm -hmm. So we only had Joseph Wool and Eric Schalgren in net signed to NHL deals. They did sign Dennis Hildeby, otherwise known as the Hildebeast, to an entry-level deal as well over the weekend. He was our fourth-round pick in the 2022 draft. Um, But on top of that, we did lose... uh, Andre Kasha, he signed a $1.5 million deal with the Carolina Hurricanes. He was not qualified by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they lost Ilya Mikheyev as well. He signed a large deal. Pull up the actual figures for that because it was big with the Vancouver Canucks. On top of that, they also lost Colin Blackwell, who signed a $1.25 million deal. I can't remember with who. Anyone got that? I don't know. Uh, Someone else. Was it it Chicago? I think so. 1.25, 1.25, though, for for him was fair. San, yeah. No, that wasn't San Jose. He was yeah, Chicago. Chicago, 1.25? Yeah. And One year. I mean, he's a solid bottom six energy, little energy guy, good at cleaning up pucks around the net. Like, I like to call him Blackwell. I wish he had him back. But, you know, 1.25 I thought was very fair for him. Good to see him get uh, a little pay grade bump as he was on league minimum for the past, like, three years, I think. So, a good contract, good value contract. Mm-hmm. He was on. Um, McKay have got the uh, four point seven five by four, so not bad. Not bad. Threw the bag at him. Oh, I yeah. saw someone tweet. They were like, "Oh, I talked to a Toronto media member about McKayev, and uh, he's pretty much just a, a, a PK specialist." And I think that's just not accurate at all. I think he was that guy was probably talking to Steve Simmons. I think McKayev brought a lot more to the table. If you watched him at all this year, the speed. 
he was able to contribute some goals, except for the playoffs. He doesn't like scoring on goalies in the playoffs, evidently. But a lot of speed, good at retrieving pucks, good on the PK, good at breaking up plays because he, he, his stick seemed like it was a few feet too long for him. But um, no hands, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which kind of limited him. But, yeah, shall we get into the Leafs' additions? Yeah, let's do it. But also, yeah. did we talk Jack Campbell? Yeah, we said Jack yeah. Campbell. What else? Any, is there anything else we missed? I don't think so. Can I? Think I, I think that's all that they lost. Right? right? We, two big, two big holes. In Josh Hosang went to the KHL, but he was a Marley. Yeah. yeah, just two goalie spots, and then. So yeah, I want to touch on quickly Jack Campbell, just real, yeah. real quick. A lot of people trashing him on the way out. I thought Jack Campbell was a fine goaltender. He was. I he thought he was in. really good. He came in. He was supposed to be the backup for Frederick Anderson, and he played so well that they couldn't deny him any more starts anymore. He was really, really good, and he earned being the starter last year. I thought in the playoffs last year, in the regular season, he was pretty good. Nine, uh, 922 save percentage, I believe. Playoffs, I thought he was pretty good as well. He won them some games in there. I think they felt there was one game he got a shutout in there too. Um, didn't play overly spectacular, I would say, in the losses, but I don't think lost them any of those games. I mean, the first goal in the game seven, okay, you scored one goal in garbage time that game. You're not going to win hockey games like that. Mm. Uh, this year was just extremely, extremely, extremely up and down. It was a big test year in terms of can Jack Campbell be a starter. Started off, he was in Vesna contention. No doubt about it. I believe at one point had a 940. Then the season, you had the COVID slowdowns. That really kind of messed up with his groove. And then you had all-star break shut down. That even further messed with it. And then on top of that, he had to deal with a rib injury and for, I think, three months there, the stretch, it wasn't very good. But once he came back from injury, they added Mark Giordano. Jake Muzzin was back in the fold. He looked pretty good. In the playoffs, it was very... The Leafs, in general, I thought were just very, very, very up and down. I don't fault them for any of those losses, really. I mean, the overtime goal is kind of tough. You're sitting there yeah. for God knows how long, just doing nothing, and then all of a sudden, chance, chance, and your own guy kind of scores on you, right? Yeah. But... I thought he completely won the game in game three. Game five, I think he let in one kind of weak goal, but made that extremely huge save on Nikita Kucherov, like an amazing save on Nikita Kucherov right before the Leafs went down and scored the other way. Uh, Austin Matthews on the rebound there. So, And then game seven, I thought he was solid as well, right? Really? If Mrazek played even to like slightly below average for his career, nobody would remember that Campbell had those months. The problem was mm-hmm. in those down months, our other options were still worse than him. So it was, he, yeah. he was forced to be the savior. But if you look at it, he had three down months. He did, right? Mm-hmm. But that was only 17 games in mm-hmm. total. Wow. Goalies, goalies go up and down way more than you realize in oh, the yeah. NHL. Well, in April, he played nine games, 7-0-2 with a 9-15 save percentage. Yeah. So everyone says on Twitter, oh, you know, he had a good October to December, but then the rest of the year he was crap. No, he had an r- overly good October to December. He had an overly bad January to March, and then his April was somewhere in the middle. And the January to March was, March to, was limited games. Correct. So if you look at his total body of work with the mm-hmm. Leafs, 916 save percentage in the regular season and a 915 save percentage in the playoffs, making $1.5 million, 1.65. One point, whatever. 1.65. How many players have overperformed their contract for us to that level in the yeah. last I think five they were years? judging him as like a $5 million contract. I know, but yeah. I'm just saying, signed, like his contract, like, but also, like you're saying, they're kicking him on the way out. Like this guy, 
was for the Leafs was also, almost a savior because if they didn't have him, who the mm-hmm. heck was going to play in that? But also, as Jason men- mentioned, like during those down months, the Leafs were a complete gong show in their own end. Correct. Mm-hmm. And the people don't like to admit it because they didn't give up an overly large amount of shots. But the shots they gave up, it was guys walking in with all the time in the world down Main Street and just ripping it bar down or putting it back door. Those are a lot more difficult to save and are worth the, ex- the same expected goals as like, as a regular shot, but they're a lot more difficult to actually save, right? So I understand the adjusted save percentage is in the 30s. It's not great, but what you saw at times from Jack Campbell was a legit bona fide starter. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think... I have nothing but good memories. Of I agree. Yeah. I understand some of the concerns he had. Yeah, in that the little... whining, the, the, I need to play better was yeah. a little bit annoying. He walks his cat, which is kind of weird, outside. <laughs> Uh, I will knock him for those, but overall, it just seemed like a salt of the earth, awesome guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And transitioning to our new goalies, I think people who are saying we haven't talked anything about the Murray trade. So, what are your thoughts oh. on the Matt Murray trade quick, itself? Let's, let's recap it. So, right. the Leafs acquired Matt Murray from the Ottawa Senators, as well as a third round pick and a seventh round pick in exchange for future considerations as well as Ottawa is retaining 25% of Matt Murray's contract. Matt Murray has two years left. I believe it's 6.25. Yes, 6.25, but retained, that's 4.7. Is it 4.69 or, or whatever? Mid, yeah, or 4. it's around 4.7. Okay, yes. So third and a seventh for Matt Murray, Ottawa retains 25%. What are your thoughts on the Thunder Bay, on this trade? Revolving around the Thunder Bay. Honestly, I think you should discuss this in two separate things. There's the trade, and then there's the player and what he can be. The trade is one of the worst trades I've seen in the last couple years in all of the NHL. It was embarrassing, honestly. Most of the people talking about the potential return before the trade were saying, we thought it wasn't even going to be half retained. It would be Mm -hmm. be double double retained. retained. And we thought we'd be getting a second, a first, a prospect. People were talking about Connor Brown. People were talking about... Oh, they'll also be able to offload Kerfoot's salary to match it up, so it won't be that bad. They essentially got nothing back. I'm sorry, a yes. third and a seventh. That's what we used to pay at the deadline for our backup seventh that's defenseman we, and a goalie, really. That's yes. what we've paid in the past for a seventh defenseman and a third goalie. Nash and a goalie. So in terms of what you got, it was I, I think most of the reaction around the league was like, ha-ha, the, the Leafs got fleeced by Pierre mm-hmm. Dorian. Which people haven't I think seen I dunked Pierre. on by Pierre, but yeah. then he dunked on Chicago too. This guy's unreal. Yeah, he had the he had the off season of his of his life. Seriously, he was probably one foot out the door. Mm-hmm. Now he's firmly in that spot. I feel. Oh, yeah. yeah, he yeah. had a all oh, like yeah. He had himself a. Hell I think of you all. would call it sicko mode. Pierre he Dorian is sicko on mode. sicko mode. But yeah, I thought it was a terrible trade. To be I mean, honest, he I don't. brought this team from. Remember, a few years ago, it was what? What are the Ottawa Senators? And he looked David Amber dead in the eye, and he said, "We are a team." Yeah, that was uh, in the preseason game. <laughs> Those it was like, were dark. Yeah, yeah, dark times. I think that was yeah. right after he traded Mike Hoffman and Eric Carlson. And fans were like, "What the hell are we? We're a team." But I mean, they're I a mean, lot more than a team. Is, now. The, is there anyone who actually liked? Okay, not the player. Again, player separate. Yes. The trade for the Leafs. No. No. 100% uh, you cannot. Uh, Buffalo, and as I've mentioned before in a previous podcast, Buffalo was offered to move from the 16th pick to the 7th overall pick 
16 to 7, nine spots to get inside the top 10 in exchange for Matt Murray and Ottawa will retain 25%. The Leafs got a third and a seventh. You're moving from 16 to 14 for that, 15, maybe. How come Buffalo got offered such a better deal for Matt Murray? And Matt Murray had to nix it because they were on his top, his 10-team no-trade list. So, like, just looking at that, it's like, okay, like, Ottawa thought with Buffalo, oh, the, this trade is worth X. It's worth, and essentially, for the, then they went turned around and offered the Leafs X minus 5. Yeah, and also to double that, we also just traded a goalie who essentially had no value for more, like we arguably set the market on what it should be. So it's either if you if you want to be unrealistic and say that you don't like you like this trade, then you're gonna have to come back and say you don't like the Mrazic trade and that we overpaid to get rid of yeah. Mrazic. You can't have both. And in so, terms of draft spots, we mentioned this I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah. Dallas traded with Detroit. Detroit traded up from number twenty three in the twenty twenty one NHL draft. 23 to 15, they paid a second-round pick and I believe a fifth-round pick for it. And we got a third and a seventh for a guy that Ottawa wanted to move from 7 to 16. And on top of that, like next year, people are, some people say, oh, next year's draft, it's stacked, it's loaded. We got the, the seventh is in 2024. We didn't even get two 2023 draft picks that are so some people consider even if the seventh wasn't 20, it's a seventh. Who, I know. Those I'm just literally worthless. Like, yeah. I don't even think of the seventh uh, in the deal. Like, we're honestly, not, I'm, yeah, it's, we're not value. It's like, well, we got a seventh, but it's in 2023. So it's really worth on a regular year, a fifth. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work like that. But in terms, so in terms of the deal, like the trade itself, like not just like, this isn't a shot at Mr. Arthur Shelby from Thunder Bay, Ontario. Like, this trade sucked in terms of value. Yes. We got rinsed. Also, like, he had a pretty, ex- not extensive, but he had a legitimate no-trade clause. Ten-team, yeah. Who was going to bail them out if not us? So the other option was they were rumored to be buying him out. How do you not hold that as leverage over Ottawa? Instead, our general manager comes on the, on the radio or on TV and says, it was either we take him at 25% retained or we don't do the deal. So we decided to do the deal. Maybe don't do the deal and then see what happens. I mean, the fact that they put the limit on 20, who in the world was going to take Matt Murray at 25% retain Arizona. Good. Take him. sign someone else, sign anyone else. Yeah. uh, It's a, and you know what? I hope Matt Murray's unreal for the Leafs this year. I I really do. That makes no difference to the fact that this trade was horrendous. Yeah. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. I don't think... I'm looking at it. I don't even think Arizona has a second goalie right now. Especially, you're the guy who gave... You're the only guy to give a first to move a contract in NHL history. Yeah, that's true. And Patrick you, Marlowe. And now, when people want to do it back to you, you're just, okay, I'll take the third. I'm sorry. Like No more complaining. No more excuse of, like, the Leafs had no choice. Clearly, they had a choice because they just did it for another team. Like, yep. It... It, it's it's weird. Like, yeah, it's it's a horrendous value mm-hmm. trade. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. Like, And now it's like, okay, like 
I understand, oh, this guy's adjusted save percentage was awesome. Okay, he played 20 games. Was anyone saying that during the year when Matt Murray no, was playing? No okay, but you. also, everyone was who, everyone on Leaf Twitter literally dunking on the guy and like saying he's the worst goalie of all time and Ottawa yeah. has a contract they could never move? Yes. Yeah, okay. But also, like everyone who talks about only this past year is so weird because he's played many seasons before this. He's coming if, off of, but the major thing I was, the major yeah, point sorry. I was trying to make, he's coming off of back to back injury riddled seasons. Mm-hmm. At 6.25 cap hit. So now with the Leafs, he's a 4.69 or 4.6 cap hit mm-hmm. that you're gambling on. Like, and the the big like, oh, what if he's though, what if he's league average? Our ceiling on a $4.6 million gamble is league average? I'm sorry. That's a little, that's a little weird, right? That, that's, that doesn't sit well with me. If no. I'm at the... The blackjack table, and I have a seven and a two, like that Brian Beliefs picture said. Like I'm not pushing all in and going like and pretending. Oh, this is not a bluff. I don't know. I yeah. thought the trade itself like, was the, weird. He, the last time he was good statistically, the Toronto Raptors hadn't even won the championship yet. Oh. That's how long ago we're looking here. Yeah, and if if here's how I know the return is bad because when I see that we got a third and seventh, I think to myself, I'd rather just not get anything and have them fifty percent retain him. 100%. I'd rather have given something at that point. The fifty percent like, retain is what an extra one point, one point five mil. I think that is that is worth way more than a third round pick. One point five million of cap right space, is especially worth with more. such a cap crunch team. And Correct. we didn't even get to that. The Leafs had ten mil in cap space. Ten mil. You've now taken it up almost half with a gamble. I understand we're we're, we're like we're going to get off of this in one second here, but my final point was. Okay, you look at, okay, I don't want Jack Campbell for five years at five mil. That is, he is kind of a gamble as a starter. What was he as a starter this past year? Okay, that's great. Austin Matthews and William Nylander are under contract for two more years. You have guaranteed Austin Matthews, heart winner, 60 goal scorer, and William Nylander, fantastic forward as well, for two more years. That's how many years Matt Murray has left. Who cares about the rest of that? We don't know who the hell we're going to be able to get. There's no guaranteed past these two years. This is the window. That's our point on this. Now for the goalie. I understand. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts on this? I mean, I have closing thoughts on the goalie situation in a whole, but we'll just wrap that up and we talk yeah, about the yeah. other guy too. So in terms of the goalie, I, I, we ran the poll today. How, much, how well do you think the Leafs did this offseason on a scale of one to four? Sorry, Instagram didn't have the option as a five. So that's why it's such an awkward number. But... How well did the Leafs do this offseason? 5% of people said very well, number four. 27% said three. 48% said two. And 19% rated it a one. For the goalie situation, how confident are you in the new goalies? 7% said four, very confident. 24% said three. 51% said two. And one, uh, 19% said one, not very confident. So... I understand, like, I can sit here and rag on Matt Murray, whatever. Like, here's the positive spin to it. And the positive spin that I actually believe and that goalie experts are saying regarding Matt Murray, and I see you're smart. Like, these are... I just want to know if they would say these things if he got traded to Arizona. I, I think so. Well, like, the guy talking about it, like, it's in Goal Magazine, Kevin Woodley, was making some points. So, like, he, I think he knows Matt Murray. No, I believe so it. I, I, like, this isn't a Leaf fan going... Oh, actually, when you look at the numbers, Matt Murray was 
should be invested in the con- I'm just saying, if he year. got traded to Arizona or Chicago, the conversation would be the same as it is for Mrazek, which is they get to the floor and they can get Connor Bedard. Yeah, pretty that well. That would be the conversation. Pretty well. But with, with regards to Matt Murray, so he comes into Ottawa. His style, it looked like he was kind of expiring in Pittsburgh. He wasn't looking too good. End of the year, he was an 899 closing out in Pittsburgh, and they benched him his last playoff game, if you remember. In the bubble, he was horrendous. Just, I think, too slow, too hunched over, right? So in Ottawa, he comes in. It's not working out at all. The COVID season, like a lot of goalies really struggled in that one just because goaltending is such a mental game. And being having to, having to be bubbled up like that, it, that really does screw with your mentals, right? So there was that. But then he started to, I think he, he had an injury, and he started to work on his form. And unfortunately, Ottawa waved him right at the beginning of the year. But when he came back after that Leafs game, I mentioned this last podcast, after the Leafs game, he started to look good. And that was because he started to work on, I think it was his posture. He was too hunched over. He started to cha- make little changes in his game while he was injured. He started to really, really work at it to make sure he was coming back and being the best goalie he could. Because, I mean, think about it. Six, two, five for four years. He was put on waivers. He could have just said, ah, screw it. I'm done. No escrow in the minors, right? That would have worked out. And they would have been bought out and could have possibly signed another deal with another team, right? But he actually started to work at his game, and he actually, like, he's, we saw improvements in Matt Murray's game. Unfortunately, the risk also is he got injured again. He's had several injuries over the last couple of years. So we'll see if he can rebound and get past these injuries, but I'm excited to see if he's able to, you know, keep working at these changes that he's made and, and become a decent goaltender. The other thing is to note, though, with both goalies just wrapped up in a hole, not many goalies come to a new team and excel right away. I'm sorry. This is going to be a tough October. It's going to be a really tough o- You brought in two new goalies that are both gambles. I'm this sure, I'm sure the Leaf, <laughs> Leaf fan base will show <laughs> immense patience with the goaltending. Oh, them, no, they <laughs> So with Matt Murray, there is a positive side. Like, I would... Like, Relax. His adjusted save percentage was pretty good last year. I'll give you that. How does adjusted save percentage work? I I, I think it has to do with the quality of shots that are okay. coming in okay, versus okay. what he stopped. Yeah, 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 you know, regulated out, I guess. But then my other question is: if Matt Murray was sixth in adjusted save percentage or whatever, then Anton Forsberg is now Dominic Hasek, and he will be put into the Hall of Fame next year, mm-hmm. promptly. Right. So those are my points on Matt Murray. Kevin Woodley did. I, I was listening to what he was saying, and he had some good points. So with regards to Ilya Samsonov, to get to him real quick, with I, I watched a couple games on Samsonov. He had a tough year last year, 896. I mean, I will say Washington doesn't have the easiest kind of style of defense to play behind. I watched a couple games, and in both games, I saw an odd man rush going the other way for Washington, and both of the defensemen were involved in the odd man rush. One was a two-on-one. It was Orlov and, I think, Jensen, and the other one was the same thing. Or Orlov and Carlson, and then Orlov and Jensen. So you got to imagine, if that two-on-one doesn't work out, you got three forwards playing behind you. You've faced five shots so far this game. It's going to be a little bit difficult to stop that sixth one that's a two-on-one, right? So just in terms of stylistically, it's, it's a little bit chaotic out there. And we did see some good playoff numbers from him. Yeah. We did see some bad goals from him as well in the playoffs. Yeah. So 
Samsonov is a little bit of a, a gamble. And I will say this. Uh, where's my Kevin Woodley notes? I DM'd Mr. Woodley. He's from Ingoal Magazine. Very, very knowledgeable. I like listening to him. And so he said this about Samsonov. He said, might be more of a project, but after years of being somewhat resistant to change, somewhat like Markstrom in Florida, not uncommon for a top-ranked goal, top-ranked prospect to wonder why he needs to, Sammy started to embrace new ideas more three-fourths of the way through last season and finished pretty well. We'll take time to make these things innate, and there are physical limitations that could mean he will never be on the Schuster and Sorokin tier once projected, but there's upside. So in terms of upside, he's not an 896 goaltender. He could get to 915 if he's able to continue to work at these things. And I mean, when you look at it, he's 6'3". He's a little bit bigger than Campbell, a little bit big, bigger than Mrazek. He likes to challenge, which is sometimes to his own detriment because on the cycle, if you're outside of the white paint, a forward can hit you and it's not goaltender interference. Like like act, incidental contact, it's not goaltender interference, right? I saw that a couple times. I'm like, ooh, buddy, relax. <laughs> um, in, in terms of his butterfly slide, he stays he stays upright and he's got very good posture. He's able to cover the bottom, the upper part of the net while sliding across. And he's able to do it pretty quickly as well. He stretches out decently and is able to cover a good part of the bottom of the net parts that I didn't like. I think his upper body is a little bit floppy. Um, I saw like, like the dropping of the hands kind of thing. And on top of that, there was a few goals that the other team scored and he gave his defenseman the death stare or whacked his post. Like, his mentals need a little bit of maturing in there, I believe. But those are my opinions on Samsonov. I'm encouraged. I'm like there is upside to both of these goalies. There is also downside, though. I will say that. Yeah, and if you want to look at the downside, all you have to do is just go on their hockey DB or hockey reference and just look at their past couple of years, right? Uh, I don't know much about goalies. I also yeah. don't like. I don't know. It's, I think it's hard. It's almost impossible to predict what a goalie is going to do. So. Again, that's that's like a positive spin on this is that we don't we really don't know like what they're gonna do and hopefully they're not as bad as they've been the a last couple spin years. is also like the Leafs defense at the end of the season with Muzzin healthy Giordano yeah. and TJ Brody and if Lilgren's able to improve as well, it could be a decently easy style to play behind for them. For sure. So and that's pretty encouraging as well. Yeah, like like we said as well, like goal to er, Goaltending is helped out a lot by defense. Mm-hmm. Goaltending isn't just a function of it, the goalie themselves. It's it's about the team around them too, right? It's all about yep. the team in front of them, giving the, like what shots they give. Um, but like, it's tough. It's really tough because uh, the Matt Murray trade, like we gave up so much. We we didn't we gave up so much in cap space, which some people might not find very valuable. But like you said, we're taking a big risk on Matt Murray, and I hope he plays well. But with the Leafs right now, with having Morgan Riley signed at seven and a half, and all those all those forwards signed at six point nine, ten, yeah. eleven, twelve, whatever the numbers are, that's a lot of cap space taken up, and you're going to need other players to start playing um, greater than their cap hit numbers, right? And you're almost guaranteeing that our goaltending tandem won't be playing greater than their number. I, I think it's fair to say, right? Because they're combined making seven mil. And it's it's going to be tough for them to I think to outperform that, especially Matt Murray individually. Like him to outperform, what would Matt Murray have to do to outperform four point seven million dollars? Have the same season Jack Campbell did last year, pretty well league average, I would say, or maybe even, yeah. But like with games though, you can't yeah. you can't be league average in twenty five games. Yeah, so you yes, got you exactly. got to play fifty he games. To, you have to be a fifty. 
what Jamie McLennan, which I honestly love when he talks about goalies on overdrive, how he like kind of compartmentalizes them. I don't know that much about goalies either, but like he has their premium starters Mm -hmm. and then he has a tandem starter, which is not a guy who's a 50, 50 split where you actually need two guys where he's a 50 game guy. Mm -hmm. And that's what he'd have to be. He'd have to be a tandem starter, a a league average tandem starter. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd say slightly above average tandem starter, actually. I think so, cap. too, because that cap it is, I think it places him around like 16th in the league yeah. of goalies or something like that. I have one little thing. I'm just looking through some Samsonov numbers. Maybe you can figure out a reason why this is, Joe, but October to January, or sorry, October to January, he's like a 915 goalie. Mm-hmm. Over, nine, over 909 save percentage in all those months. February to April. He's below 900 in all three of those months. So it looks like he, from Was what it I just look, from this past year, or? that's his career, all career. three years. So I'm look, it looks like he started pretty well every year. And then every year he's tailed off a bit at the end. I think that's also part of the maturity process. That's what I think too. Well. But here's the catch 22 with signing a guy like Samsonov. I think that's a way, that's a really good move for 1.8. That's like yeah, actually 1.8 is a good game. That's on, one of the better signings of the offseason. On top of that, he's an RFA too. So you have another year of control. But after here's this. the problem. If he ends up being your goalie, what do you have now? What are you now stuck with? Matt Murray at four point seven next year. You have the exact same situation we were in this year. Correct. Next year. Correct. Right? We have a goalie who says you're willing to pay this guy four point seven to be our backup, and you're not going to be willing to pay me. I want money. You're, you're dealing with a, a prickly Russian, not Jack Campbell. Nice guy. If you want to actually think best case scenario for the Leafs, I know the Samsonov signing is nice and high upside. Murray has to be your guy. Mm-hmm. That has to be. And then next year, they can roll him back with a minimum goalie. That would be the best case scenario for the Leafs next two seasons. Really. Mm-hmm. The odds of that happening, I think, are pretty low where he's good enough, where you're confident. without Healthy bringing, enough. Healthy. That's the big thing, that's too. The, healthy enough. But like Jason said, the problem is, you ended up with $7 million invested in your goalie position. And I get it. Goalies are voodoo. They could go up. They could go down. Who knows? They could be better than Jack Campbell. They could be worse. But you're paying $7 million for the voodoo mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd rather pay $3 million for the voodoo. If you're all these Leaf fans on Twitter who are so confident that it doesn't matter about Jack Campbell, we can replace him with one or two guys and figure it out. Then why aren't they signing two $1 million guys? Why did they give the money for Matt Murray? Exactly. If the goalies are truly voodoo, why didn't they go after? I know Scott Wedge would sign, but Eric Comrie and Elias Charlie Samsonov. Lindgren. Charlie Lindgren and Elias Samsonov. Eric Comrie. Oh, you said Eric Comrie. Yeah. Oh. Trade for hey. Capo you know Captain. what? Trade for James Reimer and Eric and Elias Samsonov. Yeah. Last year, last three years, who's a better goalie, Reimer or Murray? Probably James Reimer. No, oh, uh, I believe it's been James Reimer. He might have even played more games. He probably did. I wouldn't doubt that at all. And at one point, he was a third goalie in Carolina. I don't think he's played more games. Just gonna. How about 91. even better? How about Cam Talbot and Samsonov? That would have been nice. Yeah, but Cam, Cam Talbot's apparently old now because now, now according the Leafs, to the fancy, now the Leafs st- locked up their goalie tandem. And according Ottawa to the fancy them. stats, Cam Talbot's no good. But I don't believe that at all. Like, I mean, they're the same amount of games. Flurry wasn't good. Stuff. It wasn't any good with Minnesota, but he was a Vesna candidate with. With uh, the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And with Chicago, he was able to finally find a groove. And he ended with a 918 in Chicago. Yeah, we, right? we've, ex- we've expressed our concerns like, with To goal- me, goalies yeah. aren't like, really that. Like, it's what, what is also in front of them. Are yeah. they healthy? Like, like, 
not to bring it up again, but they uh, on PDO cast they had Kevin Woodley on, and he was they were talking about Winnipeg. Winnipeg, all they like their style works so well with Connor Hellbook because Connor Hellbook is massive. He takes up a lot of the net. When he goes down, he still takes up a ton of the net. He moves pretty well. And if it's him one-on-one versus the shooter, like it was at the beginning of the season with Jack Campbell, if you remember, like that's what they leave it as. They just leave, okay, like we're just going to eliminate all the passes. You go one-on-one with the shooter. You're not going to beat Connor Halba, right? So it's like, oh, like is it Voodoo or is the, the system working around the goalie as well? Like there's very few goaltenders where it's, it's like, oh, drop them in any system, it works. Like, drop any goaltender in Arizona last year, they're putting up a 920. Like, yeah, I, no. think, I think there's probably five goalies where you can drop in any system and they'd be good. Yeah. Like Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Fucked up. Shesterkin. Shesterkin. I still think Hellebuck you could drop in any system. Yes. It would take some adjusting, yeah. But Winnipeg has not been good defensively for a while. He plays 70 games and he yeah. gives you still 915 to 920. Yeah. I'd be curious to see what the passing data is within Winnipeg's zone. You think but it's yes. good? You think they do a good job? I think they do. A, I think Winnipeg's terrible yeah, I defensively. I don't know. I, I haven't watched enough Winnipeg. To you think good. Saros is at that level now? You see? If not, he's I put him as a top five goaltender. And I feel like, again, his size, pedigree, all that stuff. But how many other guys were you're like, for sure, they'd be good in any system? Jake Andre. Yeah. Jake Andre. We'll see. Joseph Wall. Yeah. And that also contributes to the argument on, you know, that's why you don't want to sign Jack Campbell for $5 million, which I completely understand. Yeah, sure. But then why did you sign get Matt Murray yeah. 4.7? So here's the thing. If you, were at, if you were Lee's GM right now, if you were Kyle Dubas, would you rather sign Matt – or sorry, have, do the Matt Murray trade so you get Matt Murray for two years, 4.687, whatever it is, or would you rather sign Jack Campbell for 5 by 5 I would rather sign Jack Campbell personally. I would as well. Okay. I don't care about the last three years. I don't care about whatever. Like, I also don't think you needed to give him five by five to keep him in Toronto. Yes, I I agree. But again, that's what he got in the open market. So I think that's the fairest. I think you could have squeezed them to four five. Probably, probably. But so (laughs) because if you listen to his interview on Overdrive, he essentially let it slip that I wanted to come back, and that was my hope. But it just didn't end up that way. All right, so I have another question for you guys. Would you rather have Matt Murray and the Matt Murray trade, or would you rather uh, sign a goalie for under $2 million and use that, the rest of that cap space for a, to flesh out the roster? Yeah, you know, you know we'd rather do that. Yeah. I, think we, I think most Leaf fans would. You know, when we did our little poll after the season, what do you want from that? A lot like Depth scoring was a big, big want mm-hmm. and need, especially losing McKayev and Kasha, right? So, yeah. I think a lot of people were looking to recoup some of that with some of the more mid-tier signings. Yeah. So the ability to sign one or two more of those guys. Because that's not the smallest signing. I mean, Mikheyev was 50 games this year, 21 goals. Yeah. I don't know the point total. And then Kasha was 50 games, 27 the, points. Yeah. yeah. Like on the fourth, like, okay, Kasha, he had his deficiencies, a little bit inefficient with the puck. Not the smartest of smart players out there. Not the best playmaker, but it was like, Okay, but him versus the average fourth liner, it's like I'm taking Kasha every Agreed. day. We wanted to replace those guys with better versions of them, but we hadn't we, we immediately got rid of all the cap space needed to do that. So yeah. now we're sitting here like, oh geez, we could almost take any depth. At that point at least, when they that first day of free agency before they signed Yarncroc, that we were like, We need anyone. Yes. At least one. We need yeah. one one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you got Abe Kubel. Yeah. I just wanted to say that those 
those two players combined, plus I'm going to throw in Jason Spezza just because he's a, a loss too. Those guys Ooh, scored 47. He is a loss. Those guys scored 47 goals uh, like together. That's a, a lot we're going to have to be replacing with not a lot of cap space. Less cap space than we had. La- not less than we allocated to those guys, but those guys were on good deals. But anyways. Yep. So uh, any last thoughts on the Murray-Santanov goalie tandem? Well, I think uh, I beat the hell out I of I think it. there's some people who have been intellectually dishonest with the discourse around this trade, <laughs> as, as you said. Do you want to? Sure. Well, I was just, there's just some people talking on hockey Twitter. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you want me to call them out by name or I, I don't know, like even some people that I would nor- normally respect their opinion. And I think there's just, just dishonest discourse. I think like the fact that we traded for Murray, um, I think people are jaded by that. Like they're just, okay, the least of this move, it has to be the best move. We're okay with it. Um, Jeff, I don't know how to say his name. It's Jeff Lur, yeah. Jeff, Jeff, Fillette, yeah, yeah. Jeff, 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 Put out a tweet. Doesn't, yeah. The names don't matter. Like, yeah, this is well, a common thing I've seen on by multiple. People. But pe- people are comparing like our tandem with, for example, uh, Colorado's tamb- tandem. I think that was the tweet saying how like okay, Colorado also lost a really good goalie. Like we lost Jack Campbell. They lost. Uh, gosh, why is it Kemper. Kemper? I was gonna say replaced Kubar him with Alex Georgiev. Replaced him with Georgiev and Frank Kuz. But like saying how like oh if you look last year our two goalies murray and samson played way better than frank kuz and gorgiev combined last year but if you look at how they've played over the last three years like that's what i don't get it's like you're using people are using small samples to nitpick these like these certain things and like the least twitter that i knew that i grew up on was never like that mm. we were big on you just like the least we were we were big on well, no at the very least we were big on sample size right we we would that went out the window quickly yeah well it, it, it did now obviously like if you could like looking at the last three years, Murray has an eight ninety nine save percentage. Gorgiev has a nine oh five in the same amount of games played. I know save percentage isn't the best metric. It's not the end all be all. Yeah. It's not even like consistent year to year where it's like predictive. It's not going to be predictive of future save percentage. But that's still like Murray's been asked the last couple of years. Same thing with like comparing Frank Kuz and Samsonov. Frank Kuz had a nine twenty one in fifty seven games played compared to Samsonov at a nine oh eight and forty five. The other thing is like they. Follow the money, people. Just follow the money. Look what they gave Frank Kuz mid last year. Do you remember when they signed him? Two, two, two by two. Years, no? And when two? was this? January, February they yeah. signed him? So what do you think they're saying? We already talked about this. They're saying, we think this guy could actually maybe even start a tandem for us. Mm-hmm. 916 save percentage this year. 923 last year. You'll say, oh, 21 games and 34 games. That's not that many. That's more than Matt Murray played in either of those games. I seasons. think you're a little misguided on Francis's numbers because they're even more impressive than that. <laughs> I don't think he played. He didn't play 2021. Sorry, I meant he two was years out ago. Yeah, yeah, all sorry. of that year. Yeah. So to come back after missing a yeah. full year of hockey and play the, the the way that he did, that's awesome. Sorry, I he won about them that. a few playoff games too. He, a few. He won them five, I think. Six and zero. Oh. Six and zero, oh, baby. Wow. And I understand one of them was ugly. One of them was pretty bad. But when you but, you add that one, he's had a nine oh six in seven playoff games. This guy's probably going to be their starter. He was. He didn't play. He didn't start a game before that for like over a month. Yeah, I would take that tandem over ours hundred percent. It's also cheaper. Um. Yeah. yeah. They, I don't. Gorgiev, yeah. I, I think, had value like all around the league. Like, I was sure. kind of surprised he got that number based on what his numbers were. I mean, I haven't watched Gorgiev a ton because he's been lost in the shuffle in New York, but. Uh, Hell, Colorado likes him, I guess, and they've got a pretty decent defensive core to 
play Absolutely. behind. So. And again, it's just like you said, you can cherry pick the numbers and say whatever yeah. you want, but yeah. like we could also just look at hockey reference in two seconds and be like, oh wait, like you're just ignoring that Murray's <laughs> actually been terrible for three yeah. seasons. That's the funny thing I, I heard as well. I don't think I, I talked about this yet, but the Murray, like, oh, he had like good 10 last couple of games. If you take out the his last game against whatever team that he got se- rung seven against, and then if you start it from after he got six goals against. Okay, Same like, people who are saying, yeah, but Campbell was bad in that stretch. Well, <laughs> if you take Campbell's stretch out, he won the freaking Vesna. <laughs> he, if you take that out, he's Shesterkin. Yeah. Like, that's so stupid. Again, I went over it. All that everyone's talking about is Campbell from All-Star Break On was terrible. Well, actually, Google, three seconds, type it in. He has 7-0-2 with a 9-15 in April. That's not terrible. Exactly. That's better than the goaltending yeah. we're probably going to get this year. <laughs> well. And here's the thing, though. We... We know how bad our goaltending was last year, right? It was ter- It was not good for majority of the season, right? And that's to, say, yeah, about it half. was it was below average for half of the season, not majority. But we still put up a re- like a record setting points in le- in uh, Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs history. history, like whatever. Doesn't matter how good these guys play because chances are we'll still be a good team regardless. I think it won't matter, but I don't. I to re- to say that goaltending won't matter year over year. I just. Like it worked last year, I don't yeah. think it's going to work again this year. I really don't. Did it really work last? I mean, like it worked to not to, have to a goalie them. until the playoffs. We had the goalie in the playoffs, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's where we were able to take Tampa Bay till seven. Yeah. I think my big thing is, and just my overall—I know I'm saying it a little bit early in this episode—my overall thoughts on the Leafs. Like, you can't over overreact to this. Is this was an underwhelming off season? I, so far. We still were over the cap. I think there's still moves to be made. So far, it's been an o- underwhelming offseason, correct? Yes. Right? However, when you look at it, Tampa Bay lost Ryan McDonough. They lost Andre Pilat, which is another. Those are two huge pieces to their mm-hmm. two Stanley Cups and their cup final appearance the year before. The Florida Panthers lost Mason Marchment Claude Giroux. and Claude Giroux as well in there. Those are two massive losses as well. Those were the two guys, two teams that were at the very, very top. Carolina lost, actually Carolina lost Vinny Trocek. So now they have to put Jesperi Kakanyemi at 2C. But they added Pacioretty. They did add Pacioretty, and they did add Brent Burns to replace Tony. But D. no, you're saying turnover happens every year for mm-hmm. the good teams. It's automatic. Yes. It, like, not Colorado. even turnover, but like I think those two top teams that I just mentioned did take a little bit of a step back. Like the so turnover did the Leafs, occurs, but So did the Leafs. So that's where it's like kind of evens out and i think some players from the bottom are going to start to eat from the top but here's the thing though you're more confident in tampa's ability to replace the guys they've lost than the leafs are though based off past you're not i don't know i mean who are they replacing mcdonald with Philip Myers. How have they done in the past with replacing guys? Not bad. Which major pieces have they replaced? Well, they replaced the whole third line this year. Nick Paul was not bad. It's not a 22-minute. Ross Colton was not bad. It's not a 22-minute-a-game defenseman. Yeah, the Leafs lost a a guy who was on pace for 40 goals this year. Who do they have to replace that? I mean, he wasn't on pace for 40 goals in the playoffs. I agree, but I'm just saying, like, I I don't know. Who did the Leafs sign that you – like? I can see Tampa. Tampa signs Ian Cole, who's probably 70% oh, of McDonough right. for 70% of the contract. Oh. Tampa signs Nemestikov, who's probably 70% of Palat for 40% of the contract. Shit, I forgot about Ian Cole. I'm such a mush. Tampa also has oh, Eric Cernak, who can play a bigger role this year if, needed, if need be. They have Sergachev, who can play a bigger role if need be. 
right? It really stifles my point that Ian. No, but I, you, it's a good point though. Every team takes a step back, but yeah. the point mm-hmm. I'm trying to make is you're losing those guys. Who's coming in? Yeah. Who are you, re- you? What is your plan for the offseason to replace those guys? Tampa had a plan. I don't love Nemesnikov. He had his best years in Tampa. I bet you they play him in decent minutes in the top six, and he has a good year. Ian Cole has been really underrated the last couple of years. Good five-on-five defenseman. Good, good metrics. Has a little, little bit of bite to his game. Not the greatest skater, but no. passable. Right? Yeah. So it's about who you replace them with. Last year, the Leafs did almost, almost replace the guys. Like, bunting for Hyman was great. That was mm-hmm. a great one. Mm-hmm. Right? So that was a good, that was a good replacement. Who, did, who else did they lose last year? Freddie. Freddie Freddy. worked Anderson. out with Campbell. That was a good job. Yeah. Um, Nick Felino. I don't think there was many t- forward turnover from that previous year. Was it? I think it was Joe well, Thornton. Joe Thornton. Like, like yeah. a lot of guys getting scratched. They did They did a good job on the yeah. on the margins there. but And then the goal, t- well, Freddie was Mrazic, which was terrible. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just saying. And this year, what I'm looking at, it's going to be tough to replace some production that's all yeah well we, like we especially just, campbell there yeah. it is for, for we're gonna have to place 40 some whatever whatever number i said earlier 40 goals 40 plus goals and uh yeah going into looking at the forward signings at the very least i don't know how much the d also, will contribute but. some of these teams have players that i look at that are gonna get better and help them like colorado bowen byram was amazing he's gonna get better alex newhook in their bottom six they probably move him up he's gonna get better tampa bay I think Eric Cernak can get even better. I think Brandon Hagel will probably be better. I think Ross Colton will be better, right? Hmm. I look at the Leafs. Who's on the roster who you think is going to play better this year? Nick Robertson. Last- is he going to play? Um, he better. <laughs> that is the only answer. The only answer is Nick Robertson. So, again, we'll have to see what happens. There. I have seen some discourse, and I want to address this real, real quick because it doesn't take much to stifle it. Some people comparing Nick Robertson to Jeremy Bracco. It's really simple. Jeremy Bracco was allergic to playing defense. He was allergic to the corners. He was allergic of like involving himself in the in half of the game, I would say. He was so purely offensively in the AHL. And it wasn't to a point where it was 120 points in the AHL. He was good. He was very good offensively, very skilled. But he was missing 50% of his game, and he never worked to find that 50%. He never worked on his defensive game. He never really – it didn't look like he worked on his conditioning. I'll tell you that for free. And he never worked on his play along the boards, and that's why the Leafs didn't qualify him. Nick Robertson is a complete workhorse on and off the ice. He is – like, I've heard so many stories of this guy. His biggest weakness is that he works too much. And he focuses too much on hockey, and that's 99% of his life. The other 1% is eating. And if you look, like from his draft year to now, he's getting ripped. I know he's a smaller guy. Injuries are stifling him. I will say that, but we don't have another Jeremy Bracco on our hands here. If you're saying, oh, because he's a highly rated second-round pick that had a good junior career that becomes a bust just in general, sure, but I would say it's because of the injuries. Not because he just doesn't want to play defense. And he's also not doing, like, th- I feel like Bracco was doing things This to was act- the first year of his ELC. Yeah, yeah. And it Br- got burned. Just right? this year, though. Yeah. Like, I know, I understand That's last year he played him, in the though. AHL. Yeah. But, like, he still has two more years of his ELC, right? Yes. That's then why they got to use him. Yeah. 
that's where you have to use him on the. No, but I think we all, yeah, Nick Robertson's a really, really promising prospect. But at some point, like we talked about many times, it's S or get off the pot with these players. Yep. If you don't use them, trade them. That's it. Or else you may end up in the current situation the Leafs are in with Rasmus Sandin. Oh, do you want right. to get into that? Well, we... let's talk about the forwards first, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, okay. so let's talk about let's the forwards we signed. Uh, which one do you want to start with, Yarn Croc or yeah, I'll start with Yarn Croc. Josh, you had some good points on. Yeah, Cali, I, I think I think the boy should, boy Cali should though. play center because we talked about this a lot. I think the Leafs, due to some Tavares defensive deficiencies, due to their want to move Nylander from the second line to the third line to create more balanced scoring, I think Yarncroft should play center. He has played center. Mm-hmm. He can play center. I would consider him a defensive support centerman who's better at supporting the play defensively and offensively, who has a pretty decent shot. He could probably score you 15 to 20 goals on an 80-game pace. A couple injuries here and there, nicks and knacks, but he's mostly been pretty consistent in his career. As a guy who's going to be in the lineup most nights for the Leafs, I think he'll be really solid. Defensive metrics look really good. Doesn't have any bite to his game. Not the grittiest guy. Um, Average size to below average size. He can also play the wing. I personally think... If you have him, Kerfoot, and Engvall, and none of those guys play center, that makes absolutely no sense. The best-case scenario is Camp is your fourth-line center with Engvall and Abe Kubel. I think that's a pretty solid defensive line. And Yarncroft plays like a modified 3C with William Nylander. That's how I would do it personally. That's kind of my long-winded answer to the question. But, yeah, also he's been a pretty solid penalty killer in the past. He scored a shorthanded goal almost every year he played in the NHL. So, so that's that's Mikheyev's yeah. penalty killing right there. Plus twenty six the points goals. in thirty seven games in his last thirty seven games with the Kraken. He had a horrible start, zero points in his first twelve, and then with Calgary he was horrific. Yeah, he didn't he didn't play with well for Calgary in the regular season. I thought he was a bit better in the playoffs. Still not great, but it's hard when sometimes these mid season trades don't, just don't work out, right? So. We'll see. I, I think that that was my favorite signing. It was the only signing of real consequence, in my opinion, for the Leafs. Yeah. So he signed just because we didn't say the number. He signed two two point one million for four years, and that's the other reason I think he's a center because David Camp, as good as he is, he's expiring after this year. He is for sure due a pay bump. He's not going to make one point five again. Yeah. He's done his job, but. There's a little insurance if David Camp walks away, he could easily be your third line yeah. defensive E center. So yeah, yeah, Yarncrook has that scoring upside. That something that we have been talking about. I feel like for the past two years now, or past past couple of years, that we like, I feel like that he's we very want like s- mid, just like well, okay, scoring. Yeah, well, okay, he's, defensively, could, okay at the faceoff dot. I think he's solid defensively, solid to good. I would say. Yeah. Well, the problem is he just doesn't have the physical aspect that I think a lot of Leaf fans have been looking for. He has consistently scored 16, like around 15 goals a year is like what he's looking for. Last two years, he had a significant uptick, but it could just be shortened season, right? He only played 49 games with uh, Nashville, and I didn't didn't realize that uh, it's separated here. So he he still played 60 games, 70 games for Seattle and Calgary. He's got 12 goals, so... He'll still, he'll still, he's going to score, which is good. From what I noticed, I watched all of his points pretty well uh, from last year. Not many were off, like not many assists off of a pass. It was a lot of assists off of like shot rebounds. He one there was a tip onto the net. Um, a lot of just like 
shots towards the net that were then rebounds, then goals. That's what I noticed with his assists. Um, his goals, I thought his shot is pretty good. The velocity isn't... I think it's mainly his release that makes his shot pretty good. I really like the whip that he gets off of his stick. Um, a lot of the... A few of the goals, I want to say, came from... He likes to support up high in the in the offensive zone. Like, play from up high and then as the play down low progresses, come down low. So that's where I feel like Tavares gets caught down low and is too slow to come back. And if Callie Yarncroft's natural instinct is play up high, it'll help shore up that line if they play together defensively. Um, but, yeah, mainly a shooter, I would say, not too, too much of a passer. Would really. you want to play him on the second line? Or would you want to play him at center? Uh why not both second center line, second line center? Uh, From what I watched in terms of his offensive upside, like it's not quite there for me to be like bang the table like yeah, Cali Yarncroft second line center. Like it's just kind of like a, if he needs to fill in there, he he can. You mean second line winger? Wing or if he plays center and then move Tavares to the oh, wing, okay. I don't know whatever. Or play him on the wing. He can play wing as well. He played with Yanni Gord last year, right? So. I don't know. I mean, he's not a prototypical top six forward, though. He spent yeah. most of his career on the third line, fourth line. So I think that's where you you should put him. But again, they haven't really added anything to the second line. They haven't said where he's going to play. They haven't said much. Again, I, I don't see who else is going to play center. For I don't this know team. where he's going to play. If if he doesn't play center, is Kerfoot playing center, no, or is Engvall no, no, playing no, center? I think they. I don't think either of them. So are. then, who's playing center? Uh, Adam got fourth Godet? line. You might as well just not have a fourth line then. No I offense. Have no like, idea who's playing fourth line center. That's why. Like optimize the roster. It's not. It, I don't think it's that complicated. It's really. Adam Godet. Mm. It's like, all right. <laughs> I won't. I will not like that at all. If, if it's Adam Godet on the fourth line, you're going Kubel, Godet, and then Simmons or Who something cares? like that. You might as well the, not even play them. The problem that's, is those. That's Colton that's or days. Horrible. That's how bad that line is. It's so tough to say now, though, because we do know that, like, there's first of all, there has to be a move coming because we're the least are over the cap by one and a half million dollars. So, the like, Sens fan that we keep mentioning, mentioning Dave, told me that apparently Kyle Dubas liked Adam Gaudet's World Championships he had or something like that. Okay, which is very disappointing to because Roman Chervenka had 17 points in 10 in World Championship games. Like, so when's his max deal coming in? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but along with John Crook, we also signed. Uh, is it Nicholas, Nicholas Obey Obey Kubel, Kubel, the guy who dented the Stanley Cup. One one year, one mil. Who yeah. said? Someone said the, <laughs> the NHL made him sign with the Leafs so the Stanley Cup doesn't get dented next year. Yep, I saw that. You, joke that was kind of funny. Come was, on, you give him of, that one. I saw it, and then I saw it eight more times. I'm like, you guys aren't funny. Like, go away. But it was. It is pretty funny that he dented the the Stanley Cup and then comes to Toronto. Who you know? Ha ha ha. Laugh it up, suckers. But in terms of him, it seems like just depth player. Was on waivers last year, but looked pretty good with Colorado in terms of, like, pretty good. I mean, like, in a fourth-line role. Likes to throw the body quite a bit. Um, Put up a surprising amount of points, I would say, with Colorado. Didn't put up any in the playoffs, but whatever. But that's – in terms of this signing, I would say, like, when we said, oh, you need to bring in a different mix in your bottom six, like – that okay, that 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 would have been one of the pieces mm-hmm. that 
that I would have liked, but you, then you didn't add any other of the different yeah. pieces. So yeah. that's I, where I'm like, I think he's like fourth line max fourth line, yeah. on mm-hmm. a good team. He's probably the 13th forward. Yeah. So yeah. The that's scary, what he was for Colorado, right? Slightly scary thing that some might not find scary, but I do is that in in his press conference, Kyle Dubas mentioned Abe Kubel, and this is before they signed Aaron Crook, so I don't know how much this is true and what he he did say this though he said that he looks at Abe Kubel and talked to Sheldon Keefe and thinks that this could be a guy who could replace Mikheyev which is a big Where did you hear that that's he what said he that. said that in 100% the, said that in the in the post you should have listened to that it was it was a, I had to work this week yeah it was it was the day of the free a lot agency. of spin zone I'll say that yeah, from a, from the Leafs side so but like then yeah. again I don't know Dubis said that Mrazek. Yeah. That's true. That's but, but, but this is different because this is the reason that they signed well, him. Well, now, yeah, you're bringing in guys. That... But also, if, if he was that good, why didn't Colorado sign him? Yeah. So, he does. Did he play a lot of shorthanded? He didn't didn't play any shorthanded last year. Oh, love it. <laughs> oh wait, sorry, that was the three years. Um, but yeah, in terms of this player, I think yeah. just fourth line grinder. I yeah. think the. I think people. Are, he's going to find a way into people's hearts just from. He's a Colin teams. Blackwell replacement. Yeah, yeah pretty well. Yeah. Not a McCabe. If he's a McCabe replacement, that is that's insane. I, I I'll, love. I'll keep my mind open to that, but yeah. I, I just don't really don't really see that. See but too much with him. I don't know. Not see too much. Like you said, his role's defined. He's like we wanted to grab mm-hmm. one of these players. They grabbed one. His five on five numbers in limited minutes were pretty good yeah. with Colorado, but it's like, was it because it was just limited? Minutes with Colorado, right? Yeah. But here, here, the Leafs are also know. a good team, though, right? Like we can play guys in limited. Oh, yeah. Their fourth line's not good. Yeah, like, well, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind adding him to the fourth line. I, I like. I think he fits. Like I said, with Camp and Engvall, fourth I think you, line. That's a, that line will have. Yeah. Okay. Be hard to play against for some teams. Maybe that's the third line. Then, that could work. Fortunately, I could really see that working because you have that like length pass breakup, winning puck battles with David Camp and Pierre Engvall, and then you add that needed grit and kind of tenacity or hitting ability kind of thing um, that you didn't have before with Kubel. So that could work. I could see that. So that would be third line though, right? Well, fourth line, if you manage the lines properly, but I don't think they will. Okay. Then that's a bad third line in the NHL. Oh, geez. I'm just saying that's an average to below average third line, but yeah, I guess. All right. Anyways, Anyways, I think we, Said everything with yeah. uh, Kubel. Uh, Adam Gaudet, again, scored a lot of goals in the World Championships. Um, I think won a Hobie Baker Award. I believe so. Yes, at Northeastern, if I'm not correct. Um, he was on the Canucks and then Blackhawks last year. He ended up with the Ottawa Senators. They didn't qualify him. I believe can play center. I don't know. In terms of Adam Gaudet, what I found watching him was uh, – kind of benefit just from being an older guy in college and just was able to light it up there. I don't see one particular skill set with him that's that exceptional. He's just kind of a in-between guy, so that's where he kind of got lost in the shuffle in the NHL. But uh, he won a Hobie Baker, so that's pretty just cool. just seems like a guy they signed that pushes Robertson to the AHL to start the year. Probably. Who knows? Hopefully not. I mean, I don't know. I I don't I I guess I gotta watch his world championships highlights. Did he see? Do we know if he played center at the world championship? Like, is he a centerman or is he a winger? Because we don't, like we said before, we don't have a fourth line center. So. He's played a bit of center in the NHL, so maybe he's a fourth line center. All right, 
Good there to, you go. Good to know. Hope him. not. Uh, yeah, just then, kind of a tweener guy for yep. me that, you know, then hasn't really been able to stick anywhere. 33 points with Vancouver in 59 games one year, but that was in 2019-20. So. And then next guy, we uh, gave a contract to Malgin. That's just the other Dennis Malgin. forward. He's listed right now in the minors on Cap He's a Euro Bundy, superstar. But I think a he, lot of games he had that Flames helmet. Yeah. That looks that looks pretty pretty cool. I'll say scores this. a lot of cool highlight goals. I will say that good release, good shot, pretty quick. But again, these are all Euro for Dennis Malgan. I would have saved that signing to like Friday news dump because my God, did it get some interesting reactions from the oh, TSN yeah, panel? People were not happy because as people may or may not remember, he was the player that was received for Mason Marchment from Florida. Yeah. So and Mason Marchment went where? He Dallas. signed four years, four and a half million dollars with Dallas. With the Dallas Stars. So yes. not with Florida. Okay. Not with Florida. I think we think we, I think we got a chance to win this trade. Yeah, 100%. Hey? Let's but go. Again. Skilled I guy. I hope he's developed his game because he was completely invisible last time with the Leafs. Maybe Again, he's the where, fourth line where center. Where does he? Oh. He, what? Maybe where he's does, the fourth line center. I he played play center. He played. Yeah, that's, I, I thought that's why we brought him in is because we lack center depth, which is why we trade for him in the first place three Ooh. years ago. I'm pretty sure he's listed as a center on Hockey Reference. I didn't watch. Like I just watched. I don't know. I watched a little bit his, two years ago with him. Like I was just impressed by his skills. Mm-hmm. Like his, his his raw physical skills and well, not physical. He's physical five tools, nine. Yeah. He, he he's five nine. Probably weighs less than me. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I'll say that, but in terms of his speed, his skill, his shot was pretty good as well. Like, it was impressive. Let, now let's, let's see how let's it works. Actually, <laughs> like, let's actually, when you say pretty good. Like AHL level. Like AHL. Yeah, in terms of AHL, he'll rip okay. up the AHL okay. this year. I just wanted that to be clear for but everyone. in terms of the NHL, I don't know where he fits or what he would be doing, right? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are saying, you already missed on this guy. Why are you bringing him back? I don't because know. Because why not? I don't know. But also, why? Why don't you take a it's shot a on a different type of player? What if that contract is, I don't know. But like, I, are I you getting like that different type of player? Who would it be? If it's Michael Raffle, Zach Aston Reese, are they? I think they're making less than what more than what Malgin would. So yeah, maybe. I think the biggest thing for him is that he, I, from what I understood and why he left and why he didn't want to sign with the Leafs. I don't know if the Leafs wanted to sign him, but he definitely didn't. He wanted playing time, and he wasn't. He it was clear he wasn't getting NHL playing time two years ago and last year. So maybe things change now. Maybe that, that could be why we signed him a promise of playing time. But again, do we want to see that personally? No, but it'll, it'll be uh, a fun thing to see. Not interesting. No interesting yet. So I might've said it. I can't even remember anything anymore. Brain is completely mush, but yeah, Dennis Mulligan. He's, uh, he's got some cool spelled his name. Dennis Mal. He spelled it Maline in our notes here. Nice. Did I? Much maligned. Very <laughs> maligned. Oops. Uh, but, yeah, he's got some cool Euro highlights. Maybe I'll put some together. Who knows? Uh, our closing out signings that we had here, the Toronto – yeah? One more, Engvall. Resign. Well, it was resign, so we'll get to him after. Yeah. Uh, they signed – it was funny that they did it right at the same time. Uh, Victor Mete, Woodbridge, Ontario native. We all know what happened the last time the Leafs brought in a Woodbridge, Ontario native. Did not work out very well for them, and they were wildly mistreated. So hopefully we get a different uh, situation <laughs> this time around. He comes from the Ottawa Senators. I like his skating. 
I like his ability to transport the puck up the ice. He's a good passer as well. His shot is not the greatest. I understand last year's numbers, you could make a case he was the worst defenseman in the NHL. I don't think that's him. I think the Ottawa system did not fit him at all. And I think, like, if you put him on the Leafs right now, what? I think he's the second fastest defenseman. Yeah. By a good amount, right? So you add some speed to the back end there. I understand he's not big, he's not physical, but you add some speed that you actually don't have in that back end, right? Is he, do I see him playing top two? No, like, this is probably a guy that's starting off in the Marlies, right? But I would actually prefer him to play with the Marlies. First line, get some minutes, get some confidence, get some puck touches, make some mistakes, whatever. And then after this year, I believe he's an RFA still. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to do from there? It's a minimum contract. This guy was at one point pretty highly touted, right? Playing with Shea Weber with the Montreal Canadiens. So if we play him and we're able to find a good spot for him, this could be okay. Not Maybe not this year, but next year? I don't know. So... Insurance too. Yeah, that that's what I was going to bring up. So I see this move as I I think Victor Mete is a good defenseman. I think he has potential to 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 create a path for himself to play in the NHL and play minutes in the NHL and be an NHL caliber defenseman. But I think what this move is and what this move tells me, I think this is a sand in insurance move because again, like he plays both both the left and right side, but you also signed Jordy Ben. Who we'll get into? In, it's funny; in, those are like complete opposite. I know, players. right? You opposite them at the same time. Yeah, it, it's a it's a weird one. But in my head, Jordy Ben is like a is almost like a Bogosian light, where he's like a going to be almost locked in your seventh defenseman, right? So I, I I think that I really I really truly think that this this uh, Victor Mete signing is is insurance in case Sandin either gets traded or we move on from him, whatever the case may be. Because if we do keep Sandin, he's like Mete, I, I don't know how is he. Is he very comfortable playing the right side? I don't know much about how much he's played the right side in the past. That's his preferred because he's a left-handed defenseman. So, um, but Jordy Ben, I mean, he had 124 hits in 81 games with Montreal in 18-19. but then after that, he's been like he was a hit a game the next year. This past year, he had 19 and 39. Uh, oh, and then 51 and 39 this year. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think uh, it's a double insurance. I think one maybe is a Justin Hall insurance and one is a Sandine insurance. We'll yeah, see which one you that. trade. Minimum deals. Like, I think they, I don't think, in my opinion, there's any defenseman on the Marlies that they're completely comfortable with calling up right Absolutely now. Absolutely not. That's where the difference between this and the forwards is. I think there's a couple forwards where, like, they should be comfortable calling up Nick Abrazizi. They should be comfortable probably calling up Alex Steves right now. Mm-hmm. Your guy, Nick Abrazizi. Did I say Nick Abrazines? You did. I meant to say Nick Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But even there, like Nick Rob Nick Abrazizi should be a call up candidate, right? Yeah. I look at the defenseman in the AHL, I don't see like maybe Matt Hollowell could get a call up. Like he's a maybe he's a good skater, Dahlstrom's twenty seven, he could get a call up, but he they he Carl was Dahlstrom okay. was the call up last year. That's why like year, maybe so it's, like, it's one of those things where they're just looking for more call up insurance in case of a muzzin injury in case of someone being traded. But I agree. These two signings tell me that there is a current defenseman on the NHL roster that is for sure going to be traded. Mm-hmm. Whether that's Rasmus Sandin or Justin Hall or somebody else, it remains to be seen. But No way. We've never seen a – what's the agent's name? Louis, Louis Gross? Louis Gross. We've never seen a Louis Gross client hold out before. Well, he's not buddies with Darren Drager, so nobody will ever tell you that. No, apparently not. But – um. 
For but, the record, yes, we have. We have yes, seen it. We've seen it, tw- we've seen it twice. Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau. Nice. But should should we get into no? You want to get into Engvall first before we talk about Sandine? Or does Sandine fit? Yeah, in? let's well, Engvall. Like yeah. uh, avoided arbitration one year, two point two five million dollar deal. I believe that walks him straight to unrestricted free agency next year. Would you rather have him at two point two five or Kasha at one point five? I'd say him just because that's oh, thirty extra come games. On. It's thirty extra games. That's I don't I don't agree. Well, who, with that. Who thirty played? or more extra games. That's fine. I, those guys not playing doesn't bother me. Like honestly, <laughs> it doesn't. I, like that's for me. It's a no brainer. Those guys very similar in terms of production. Kasha's was actually better. I, I would I would have rather had the cheaper guy. But again, just capping it's better, but fifty games overall points. That's fine. Pierre Engvall had eight more. And one is bet- like significantly better defensively. defensively, right? So I would rather have caution. Okay, I would rather have I. You don't I'd rather think have Engvall neither. Was at the, I'd rather have neither at the number. Oh, yeah, I would have. Yeah. I would have oh. liked Pierre Engvall to get squeezed for five hundred k. Probably, yeah. I'd like him to be under two mil. I'd like him to be around mm-hmm. the one point seven yes. five range. But again, I think he's a good player, and I actually think he might be able to outperform his contract this year. Yeah, well, he'd have to do what to outperform his contract? Like, what are you looking at? actually be able to develop an offensive game, which he does yeah. not have. We'll see. Well, he's he got he's got to play more, right? Because he basically played fourth line total minutes last year. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Off the pass, you pass that guy the puck in the offensive zone, what's he doing with it? What, well, you can't pay a fourth <laughs> liner $2 million and, with our team, so he's got to play more, right? He's definitely you don't. Well, you have way less he's depth. He's 100% going to play more. He's a specialized more. third yeah. well, line looking at, looking at towards the end of the year, where did he play? Yeah, he played right? third, he played line. third line, right? So, what do you think he's going to play this year? I don't know. Probably third line, then, right? Okay, so then he has to play third line. So then, what are you, what are you looking for production wise from him at that number? I don't know, solid defensively and and an uptick on what he did like last a specialized year. Specialized third line, yeah, yeah. He I did agree. score fifteen goals last year, and yeah. like you said, fourth line minutes. So yeah, he did. He he had thirty five points last year. Five on he five did. production is. Decent for, right. a, for a, a fourth liner. It's pretty good. So yeah. you're like replicate last year plus some playoff production. Yeah, plus plus some overall production. It's asking a lot. I will say that. <laughs> Maybe hit a little bit more, show some more sure. consistency. Let's do that. A little tenacity here and there. But um, in terms of 12 even strength goals, he had a power play goal last year. Wow, he had three power play points. What the hell was going on with the second line power play there? It was hot for a bit, I, I swear. It was briefly at the beginning yeah. of the year, and then they just stopped playing them yeah. because the the first power play actually learned what the hell they're supposed to do out there, right? But, yeah, Pierre Engvall, I mean, he's a specialized type player. Like, just I, I rewatched because you got mad and said, get rid of Pierre Engvall. I hate I didn't, him. That's not what I said. I said all these guys you guys said were priorities are not two of them okay. are gone and one of the, and one more may be gone as well so we may be three of the four gone here if Kerfoot And what, what did I say originally what I would keep one of the four and who was the one that Is I that asked? what you said Engvall? Yeah that's what great I said. but again I don't like, hate Engvall guys I'm just saying I think he's slightly overpaid and I don't a, think that's a uncommon opinion It's a redundant player type and at the end of the day if three four of those guys are gone I'm not that mad about it is my point I would have just taken the cheapest of the four options. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But it doesn't matter because we didn't replace them with anyone anyways. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that is also a problem. There you go. Ooh, nice. Yeah, one year, 2.25, and then he goes to free agency. I mean, like, I saw some people float 
four years, 2.25, which was the Hyman contract. Like, he eats three UFA years, but it's like... But why would he do that when he can just go to Edmonton and make, like, double, triple what he's making oh. right now? Oh. <sighs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> I just... Again, I don't see that many options to outperform their contract yeah. on this team. That's why squeezing a guy like Engvall... Like, I'd... At 2.25, I would have said, just let's go to arbitration and, and press my mm-hmm. luck there. Yeah. I don't think he would have gotten much more than that. I think that was what Elliot Freeman was saying was like around worst case arbitration award. Yeah. It was like 2.2, 2.3, 2.4. So what was the downside there? I don't know. And you could squeeze him as it gets closer to the date too. So yeah, seems like a lot of these guys, like a lot of guys like weren't qualified because the teams were afraid of the, the arbitration the number. But it's like, who the hell is this arbitrator? None of I those know. guys on the open market got none of those guys on the open market got even close to what these rumored like Samsonov, yeah. they were saying he could get three in arbitration. Is arbitration just a blind guy in a room with a roulette wheel Ooh. and he throws the ball in the middle? Yeah, I I don't know. You're right. They all got less, so like I don't get it. But like even the Kasha, oh Kasha could get three in arbitration. One point five on the open market day one. Yeah. Day one from the team that's like probably loves them and like loves those types of players, right? Like what other team was giving them three? So who is this arbitrator? I, I need to know. I will say if you look at UFA signings though, that Engval one probably slots right where it belongs. Like I know he was an RFA, but it's like not who, inconsistent. Who, like comparable? Nemestikov got two point five. Yeah, he's about a similar type player. Similar. The two that stand out to me. Andreas Athanasiu and Max Domi. Those are the opposite ends of the spectrum, though. It's kind of funny. <laughs> exactly. And they made three each to go to Chicago. So Yeah. Those I mean, are totally two offensive guys from, players. From Toronto, if you had some cap space, those guys could easily be in your middle six, I think. So who knows? They may they may be by the trade deadline though. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see what I'm just saying like that. And that's not even an Engvall thing. That's like a Kerfoot thing too. Like Mm -hmm. switch, switch all him for Max Doma. You were saying last year, if we offered Columbus that trade, no chance. And I think we all agreed. No chance that Columbus would take it last year for Max Domi. What did Max Domi go for at the deadline? Nothing. That's what I'm saying. But now is he that much of a depreciated asset that you would still have, you'd have Kerfoot over thing. I'd rather have Max Domi over Kerfoot. Yeah. Again, it's a different – he brings something else, right? And he's a center. But we have too many of those apparently. I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, Pierre Engvall overall, it's a bit of an overpayment I would say. And one year, that's all he got. I uh, hope he's incredible. Jason thinks I hate Pierre Engvall, not facts. <laughs> Did I ever say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen him get better every single year. Absolutely. So let's see if he's able to develop that offensive game because – I don't love it. <laughs> Anywho. Good, th- um, good thing is that there's room for improvement. Exactly. Ton- tons of room for improvement. I, again, I think the role matters. Like, I think giving him a consistent role helped last year, so let's see what his role is this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's get into a little Sandine talk. Yeah. Rasmus Sandine. The talk is we have heard no talk. We have heard nothing about Rasmus Sandine other than watch out for the Rasmus Sandine situation. And the situation being... There hasn't been anything yet. But it's an, e- it's an easy solve, though, I think. I think you guys solved it the episode I wasn't here, right? I think, has anything changed since then necessarily? No, nothing that I've seen. And again, the big thing here, if I'm him, okay, it makes sense. You offer him the Lilligren deal. 
You have to. You have to squeeze him on that. But if I'm Sandine, I'm saying, well, Giordano's there for two years. Muzzin's there for two years. Riley's there for 14 million years. <laughs> if I take this bridge, I'm going to get bridged into a terrible third deal as well. What are you laughing at? Riley's there for 14 million he years. Is. Yeah. But so his urgency to sign is not existent. Like, yeah. It really is. I, he has a lot of leverage to hold out and request a trade here. And it's because it's probably didn't the best. They say it that that stupid press conference where Dubas said a lot of words but didn't actually say anything. That uh, oh, we see Rasmus sending as a left side defenseman. Yeah, but look at the left side. That's why if you're him, I'd prefer to be traded. It's actually a no brainer. And uh, I, it's best for his career. That's all that matters for him. I'm sorry. He wants. He should be worried about best earnings potential, best situation to develop as a hockey player. It's not Toronto. It's clearly not Toronto. No, not at all. Easily offer sheeted at this point. Yeah. Do you guys think that he'll do you guys think that he'll get traded? Or do you think there's a chance that he just doesn't play this year? I think there's I, a chance I, he doesn't I, play this year. I think that, I think so too. If you want to talk about asset I, mismanagement, that would be peak asset mismanagement like we've never seen before. Like that would be no, so that, bad. Michael Pekka didn't play for a full year. But my, I'm just talking like the Leafs, they oh, yeah. keep Leafs, yeah. doing this thing where they don't play their young guys, but they don't trade their young guys and they should have, you know, maybe thought about it in some of the previous years instead of moving some first-round picks maybe. But that's the decision they went with because they like Sandini because he was supposed to replace Riley. We've been over this. It's the same conversation over mm-hmm. and over again. So, and, and then the asset as he doesn't play depreciates for the Leafs as well because now there's leverage on why would we take him off your hands? He's holding out, right? Exactly. We'll, we'll take him off your hands, but we're not going to give you what you want for him. Yeah. So, and if you want to sign any, him to anything under four – that's a second round pick if someone wants to offer sheet him. So that's there's it. there's so really hard. there's really no not that there's no market, but like why would anyone in their right mind want to trade for Sandine for more than a second when you could just offer sheet him? Especially them like right now, like to a, obviously yeah. nobody's like like during the season and he's holding out, like you get some injuries here and there, it's like okay, yeah, we, we would love to bring in Rasmus Sandine, but it's like right now it's like it's the summer, it's like ah oh, I'll give you a third for him. Yeah. No one's going to. That's actually an interesting point you brought up because Jason said this last week, which is true. It's everyone's saying, oh, at least we'll trade Kerfoot. He'll have value. Like, why? Why would he have value at 3.5? When you look 3. at 3.5 coming off a high PDO year. When you look yeah. at some of the guys who are free agents. why would, second line as well. Why would any, if you can sign Sonny Milano, why would you trade for Alex Kerfoot? Evan Rodriguez. Evan Rodriguez. Nino Niederreiter. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would you give an asset for Alex Kerfoot? And time you, to trade these guys if we're being honest, was three weeks ago before the draft. It was right when the playoffs finished. And now the time to trade it for them might have to be during the season. So I don't know how in the world they're going to do this. But Yeah. yeah. And if Currently you, over the cap, too. Yeah, over the cap by one and a half mil. If you move Justin Hall, two mil, you're only under the cap by 500K. And if you move Justin Hall, you have five defensemen who are assigned. Yeah, but like like you said, if you move Justin Hall, don't you have to replace him with Yeah, someone? exactly. So, that, so, that, so that's what I was trying to say. You'd be just under, right? No, you'd be just over, actually. Just over, yeah. Which is... Just over. But right. they're also carrying on cap friendly 14 forward. So no, maybe, no. maybe they'd be just under, yeah. So if you, Yeah, if you did like uh, Simmons for Robertson and then you did like... Uh, you, could, you could figure it out. Yeah. Or Simmons for whoever. Like, for example, Malkin. just send Clifford down and get someone up. Yeah. Jordy Ben, whatever. Yeah, you could make it work. Yeah, but... Not a lot of space. Very tight, and yeah, our, arguably our best prospect since since the math since Matthews Marner. Those guys graduated and came up to our our, our play for the Leafs. The best best guy we've had since those guys. So 
Um, it's going to suck if he goes, and I hope he doesn't go. I hope they, the Leafs can do everything they can to figure it out. But again, I don't know what they're going to do to figure it out. We've talked talked about it a lot last last week and the week before. Um, yeah, there's no real path for him. So it sucks. Yep. And it was funny just looking at Michael Pekka's hockey DB right now because I mentioned him earlier. He sat out the entire 2000-2001 season. He, I believe he was a restricted free agent because uh, – Back in the 90s and early 2000s, you were a restricted free agent until you died, pretty much. Um, I don't know. It was weird. I'm glad they changed it. But he sat out a full year because he couldn't get a contract done with Buffalo. And then the next year, it went all the way until the draft. And he said he like broke down crying to his wife. He's like, I'm not going to play another season. Like This is not going to happen. And then he got traded last minute. He told that story on Overdrive when Nylander was holding out. Um, did not make anyone feel better. Nope. I'll retell it to make everyone not feel better again because I don't know what the hell's going on with Rasmus Sandin. Like, just <laughs> and this should be a simple one. This should be a simple, cheap signing, simple, cheap bridge, and can't even get this done this off season. Yep. So, uh, I wanted to ask you guys real quick. We ran a poll. Um, I think I said the results earlier. Scale. Of, we'll say we'll say scale one to ten. How would you rate this off season by the Leafs? So far, um, one to ten. Yes, I'm going to go with what a lot of people said in that poll and I'd give it a two. So fifth, a five? No, no, like a two, like a one out to of ten. Yeah, two out of ten. Everyone in the poll said two out of four. Two out of ten, two out of four, same thing. But really. I, I'm very, un, I'm very underwhelmed and unimpressed with what they've done so far. They've made, I think, two good moves that I like. One good bet. Sorry, one good bet and one good move. Samsonov is a good bet. Yarn Crook is a good move. The rest I truly do not care about. One I just like I don't don't like at all. So I think if you told Leaf fans they'd have Matt Murray as their starter for five million in like April of this year, they would say this is like Defcon whatever the number is. Five. Five. So I, I agree, it's low. It, it was really just they didn't bring back I don't think they brought in a single impact player. Not really. I mean, they didn't lose a, like that big of an. Imp- well, they lost. We lost forty. Goalie. Yeah, <laughs> they lost, lost the starting goalie, goalie. <laughs> and we lost forty, forty-three goals. Whatever we have to replace. If you want to think about it's like, it, just, do you think Mikheyev's going to repeat twenty-one goals in fifty games? Probably again? not. Like, but if we're thinking about it, money so, ball style, <laughs> exactly. It, but it's just like none of these guys even give me a hope for impact. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The Cali Yarn Crock one. I mean. But I would be more excited if it was there was an actual like. The other thing with Yarncrock, I will say, role. is he's thirty-one too. So like, just be aware of that interesting portion to it as well. If the, if a possible decline comes, I like the I I like it. I'd rather, you know, get some term on a lower number. But yeah. I'm glad we lost so. players that weren't very good in the that, that didn't produce in the playoffs and brought in more. more. More players that didn't produce in the playoffs. Yeah. But, hey, one has a cup. So, yeah. But, yeah. again, if you ask me, would I rather have Engvall and Yarncrock or Mason Marchman? I would rather have Mason Marchman. Of course. If, like, if you'd rather have Matt Murray or have David Perron, I'd rather have David Perron that's and true. have Joey be our backup. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's 100% true. So David Perron only signed for two years as well. Yeah. That's so egregious. In Detroit. Yeah. In Detroit, hmm. four seven five for two years, I think four nine or something. He's like from that. Quebec, Under so five. you can't say it was a hometown discount. Nope. And Detroit's not good. 
They're they're building something. They're not good. <laughs> they're building. They're not good. Yeah, that's true. But and I look at our Battle of Ontario counterpart, and you could say they had more of an impact off season than anyone's had it since the Leafs signed John Tavares. Yeah, since that's... the Rangers signed like Rangers Panera and Leafs, to, but they got two guys like and didn't have to give up a lot either, and they were able to get rid of some. Terrible cap inefficiencies on their team. <laughs> How'd they do that? I have no idea. Well, I didn't realize Michael Pecco went to two Stanley Cup finals and lost <laughs> both. Huh. Fun fact of the day. But I know what you mean. I like. I'm much. I'm. I'm in the same boat. Like Marchment, who's 27 years old. I don't even know if he's turned 27 yet. For four years, like I understand he's coming off. Oh. It's an inflated season, whatever. Like, four years, four and a half, it's still like, all right, Calgary was still managed managed to put together a good team, and they are paying Milan Lucic how much money? Mikheyev got more than that. Mikheyev ended up getting more than that. Wow. And I'm sorry, Mikheyev doesn't bring the physicality, and even on top of that, Marshman has similar defensive, maybe even better defensive impact. And a better score. He is way better. He might be a better all-around player so than Mikheyev. That's like a no br- And putting him on Dallas, that's... It's a great fit for him, right? A team that likes to forecheck, that maybe isn't the most off-the-rush team. Dump it's and funny chase, because Dallas, Dallas is also a team where it's like, oh, send it to the net, and you got some good finishes exactly. around That's the net. Exactly. That's a great, it's great another... point. That is a fantastic So now they've just point. added another guy That's where it's like, point. send it to the net. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to beat the hell out of the goalie and I'm somehow. sorry. like You just envision it. like If you could do a line with Marchman and Nyes on it oh. at the end of the year, That'd be you want to talk about everything Leaf fans have been craving yeah. that they've been missing? I hope Matthew Nyes is incredibly NHL ready. I hope he wins a Hobie Baker this Honestly, year. He's ready but, but, uh, to go. Truly, he doesn't actually have to be that NHL ready to play the rule that they would put him in. Nope. Run around, throw the body, don't be out of position defensively, shoot the puck when you Don't get take it. dumb yeah. penalties. Yeah, Just be better than Wayne Simmons. That's it. Yeah, be better than Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Not not trying to bag on Wayne Simmons or whatever, but are, I'm just, are you guys surprised they're not trying to force him onto the team this year? Not force, Who? but like Matthew nice. I don't know. I don't know. He's that. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, I think what he said in from the development camp was that he was talking, discussing with the team and they both agreed the best thing is for him to go back to school another year. That's why he didn't sign uh, last year. It's better for his development. But again, like, how good have the Leafs been de- at developing forwards? Not very good, right? Pierre Engvall is the only thing to show for in the last seven years, right? Pretty it's well. the only forward we've well, developed. Zach Hyman. Zach, Zach Hyman, yeah. That, sorry, drafted and developed. Let me rephrase it. Even though Zach, that's cheating, but still, yes. Mitch um, Barner, awesome man. Those guys don't William count. William Nylander. Those guys William count. Nylander was a big draft and develop, if you remember. Was Two he? years with the Marlies. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. But he, I think but since, he was probably already good, though. They have to fix some things, I think. Fair enough, but still, that's well, still what, what that was still fixed that he's doing now. That was still that was still eight, Score. eight years no, ago is when he dropped much, it. He's very physically matured over the years in terms yes. of puck protection. So everyone wants to bag on him. That's one thing he does very well. But <laughs> yeah. like you said, maybe that's their idea is that they just send him to Minnesota and hope they do a better job than the Leafs. Maybe, but, yeah. But I think we should start a countdown to Nice. Use the fours and. Frozen Four championship game date. When is that? Frozen Four. It's 20... March, probably March, end of March, early April. Twenty twenty three. 
April 11th, it says. Jeez, that's going to be close to playoffs. Oh, no, April 6th and 8th, 2023. Yeah. We're already looking at in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Ooh. In Amelie area. Well, that's just, honestly, that's an indictment on the depth of the Leafs, though, that we're looking for. How, how much we're craving a second-round pick in his, you know, only one year out of the draft to be on the team. <laughs> We're, we're, we've been itching for a second-round pick for the last three years to make our, th- make our team, and he's arguably done everything hey, that he can to do it. a fourth-round pick made, made the team last year a couple games. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Did they promise him games this year, too, or was it just last year? Probably just last uh, year. Can only but he should know he, he needs development. A, a Marley's year. Oh, guess. yeah. Can't have another year like this. That was – yeah, he played like five minutes a couple games. Can't have that. <laughs> Can't have that at all. But I'm ready. Th- I'm I'm I, I I'm really ready for Abruzzese to to surprise some people. The Marlies. Right? Yeah, I, I think, think that's how, that's how it. But should he be, needs though. to start. Put there, him in there, hundred percent. You know. So, um, yeah. In terms of the winners, I think we already mentioned a few. From so free, agency. we're moving from the Leafs to free agency. Yeah, now. I think we've we beat beat the hell out of everything with the Leafs. It was an underwhelming. I didn't give a number, but I would say it was like a five, I would say. I had a wish list in terms of what I saw last season, what they needed to improve upon. Like, I'm probably more optimistic than most about the goaltending, but uh, how am I optimistic about it? I'm delusional. I'll say that. (laughs) Um, I'm only looking at the positives right now because why look at the negatives, right? Yeah. Um, the, I think the defensive situation is a mess. I think you still have a first-round pick from 2018 sitting on the sidelines right now with no contract. And as well as just the forwards you added, I can't I can't put together an opening day roster because, I don't know, your cap's not in the proper situation. There's nothing. There, Nothing makes sense right mm-hmm. now. Well, again, like we said before. This and the kid- explanations we're getting for it are horrible. Yeah. And so, the problem now is – sorry, Jason, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's going to be moves made. Like, but there, here, has, there has to be moves made. Here's the one sad part, though. Like, it's not moves made to add anyone. Yeah, it's going to be They got to make subtract. moves, and that's it. So yeah. I'm sorry. As much as we may be saying Kerfoot should go, I don't want Kerfoot to go with nobody coming back. That's Kerfoot's the best depth forward on the lease right now. Man, we forgot a departure. A big hole. The Marlies don't have a mascot right now. Oh, I saw that, yeah. So. But honestly, Joe, like, you're a Kerfoot guy. At this point, if they just trade him away for, let's say, a second-round pick, what Connor Brown got, be optimistic. There's still a hole in But there's still a hole in the roster. You made your team worse. Because who are you going to And as much as I want – exactly, that's the problem. At this point, they've used all the cap space, so – you may this be able isn't to get day a one million. of free agency where no. we're saying, okay, move out Kurt. Like, similar to what Ottawa did. Ottawa moved out. Ottawa is in a win-now mode, even though, like, it doesn't seem like it because last year they missed the playoffs and everything. They just traded away a seventh overall pick. They just signed, went out and signed Claude Giroux. They just gave big contract a big contract to Josh Norris. They just traded for Cam Talbot. Like, they want to win right now. Man, I don't even what think happened? they're done. Yeah. But on top of that, though, Connor Brown... Like so, you need players right now to contribute to win now, correct? Mm-hmm. Connor Brown was kind of a big offensive contributor for them, correct? Mm-hmm. He was making a little bit too much. They shipped him out for a draft pick. So if you move, you're in Leafs. You're the Leafs. You're in win now mode as well. If you ship out Alex Kerfoot for a draft pick, who's coming in to replace him? You got to beg. You don't a have anything that is better right now in your system 
that's better than Alex Kerfoot, unless it's Nick Robertson. But you already are factoring in Nick Robertson. You got to beg there that if they trade Kerfoot, I think that creates about one point five million dollars of space. Mm-hmm. You got to beg that there's a guy out there for. Oh, also, then you got to sign Sandin still. Yep. So I just put together the quickest roster that I possibly could with the players that the Leafs have right now. Right. I shipped out Kerfoot and I shipped out. Um, I shipped out Hall. I added Mete and Ben to the de- decor just because that gives you seven. That gives you seven defensemen, and they're both league minimum. So it's like just adding on top of that, how much, however much someone's going to make, whether that be Sandin or another player. And then I have Joey Anderson as the thirteenth forward, Simmons, Godet, Clifford as the um, fourth line, and then the rest of the lineup. You know that gives us two and a half million in cap space. So moving up both Justin Hall is and it, is there something out there? Kerfoot. That is better than Alex Kerfoot at two and a half. Sonny Milano, if he'll sign for two and a half, but he's yeah, not but even for sure better. He's not. They've waited too much. It would be Mason Marchman. It would be, you know, one of those guys that signed. But is it Evan Rodriguez? Is it Evan Rodriguez? I don't know. That's the problem. We don't even know what their game plan is. Is it Muzzin out? Is that their move? Is their move Muzzin out? Be a big mistake, but that would have to be waivers, though. No, 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 no. no, no. I don't know how he much. Is- we just saw Ryan. Mc- oh well, Ryan McDonough had a lot more term. Yeah, but he had a full no trade clause. He has a full no trade clause, so he he would have to waive is that. It no trade or no no move? trade. So he not a no move. It's such an easy it's, fix it's a for this team, team of the guy who doesn't belong. It's so easy to see, and Justin he's a really Hall? good. No, it's Morgan Riley, and he's a really good player. But in terms of team building and making sacrifices, like I'm sure Colorado would love Andre Burakovsky to be on their team. But they got yeah. four or five guys who could do it on. They had to trade Ryan Graves last year. I'm sure Tampa would love McDonough to be on their team. I know a di- little different. He's a little older. Absolutely would love him. But they replaced him with Ian Cole. I think Sandine re- replacing How- Riley at 1.5 million will give you more than 25 percent of Riley's production. How about How about Tampa Bay Lightning? Think about them three years ago. Who they had JT Miller on their team, yep, and they Miller. said, "You know yeah, what? I think it's time decision. to move on from him." And they got two really good contracts and ended up winning five a million dollars in space. Direct result. They got a first round pick for him from Vancouver. They turned that first round pick into Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm. They had to give up on top of, of that first round pick. They had to give up their first round pick, Nolan Foot, for him as well. So, but like, Blake Coleman came in at under a million for two years twenty five or something like that and in terms of his production versus jt miller's tampa's production he was like 80 percent of jt miller tampa production mm-hmm. at literally better 15%, defensively 15 percent of the cost so yeah. again those are I, I don't know why they signed riley again i'm still waiting to see what klingberg makes i don't think it's going to be end up, end up being anywhere close to what morgan riley signed for and i think those guys are within a tier of each other in terms of nhl defensemen yeah. And John Klingberg plays the right side. So give him an extra five. Like, I'm not game. saying Morgan Riley is a bad he's a good. He's the fifth best player on the Leafs. Yeah. yeah. no, He's a top five player on the Leafs. He's a top 100%. five offensive defenseman in the NHL, I would say. Well, top, se- top ten. Top ten. Top ten. I'll give him top ten. Top ten. I'll give him top ten. Right. 100% right. I'll give him top My ten. apologies. Because the numbers are top ten. I don't know why I said top five. Top five would mean he's worth the seven five, I think. Yeah. So, like, is John Carlson worth what he was paid? Eight by eight or something like that. Uh, probably not, but he's better than Morgan Riley. He's better on the power play than Morgan Riley for sure. Oh for yeah, sure. like significantly. He might even out. be better defensively than Morgan Riley. Oof. Really? That's wow. not that hard to do. No offense. Ooh. Well, according to the models, he's like the worst defensive defense. A hundred percent. Which I don't know if that's I agree or not, but he's who Riley? Yeah. Yes. Oof. Yikes. 
But yeah, I don't know. Where does he rank in... in... Oh yeah, we forgot. They lost Labushkin too. Yes. Yeah, he got egregiously overpaid. It's a big one. People love that signing. 275. Well, compared to Gabranson, he's... he's... Oh God. (laughs) What did Gabranson make again? Four by four. With the Columbus Blue Jackets. That maybe Johnny Goudreau said you yeah. got to give him that. With the asterisks that you got Johnny Goudreau. Would Are you take that? Are they that good friends, though? I don't know. I just, Could I, you I, imagine I completely made that up. moving I don't know if that's true. from Calgary to Ohio and taking like leaving $15 million on the table, which I believe Alberta has a pretty favorable tax rate out there. It's better than Ontario's. So you move from Calgary, Alberta to Columbus, Ohio, leaves $15 million of contract money on the table, so that he can bring his buddy, who's a depth defenseman, to sign for $16 million. Is that more likely? Or That's is it the more best li- friend on planet Or is it more likely he got Jeff Fingered, like the Leafs, when the Leafs gave Finger four Who, by four instead of four so by one? So you're saying that Columbus like looked at the Calgary Flames and went looked at Zadorov and went, we want that guy, and then accidentally went to the wrong agent and signed the wrong player? Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> That'd be so funny. But yeah, I, that was They got it. so blinded by Johnny Goudreau. They're just like, yeah, you're a defense material. Take this. That was an egregious one. But yeah, so, so, somehow we got back to the Leafs. But we were going through Ottawa. Ottawa did a very good job. Added Alex DeBrinket added Claude Giroux. Added Cam Talbot, as you said. Cam that Talbot. is as good of an offseason as you're going to get. They have... You know, they lost Nick Paul, but they replaced them with a more offensive version that may help them score more goals. And Matthew Joseph, who they have to sign. They have to sign Alex Formanton. These are some good young players. Mm-hmm. They signed Josh Norris to a big contract. Yeah. After shooting 25%? 7.95 for I think that one was years. a little, I will say that one was a little trigger happy in my opinion. Yep. Um, but DeBrinket is like one of my favorite players in the league. He's a top, he is a top 10 scorer in the league. I'll, I'll put my score, flag on sure. that one. Um, should be a leaf. That guy. That's, that's what I'm going to say. He should be a leaf. <laughs> yeah. By hell or high water. He should be a leaf. So but. the way the senators off season's trending, they should be flirting, flirting with the playoff playoff spot. What do you think? Their decor oh, yeah. is just still, I think they need to make one problem. Move with the I decor. think they're going to look for, I, I don't know if it's Klingberg. I think they'll sniff around Chikrin. They still have their first round pick this year, right? It just, do you want to give that all away right now? Who knows? But Chickren is the guy to probably do it for. Absolutely. Yeah. He still is signed. I'm for... shocked that LA hasn't made a move for Chickren yet. I thought that would be a move. Like, you can give up Alex Turcott. Yeah. They're not, I don't think they're the highest on Gabe Velarde, something like a, a decent prospect. Kupari. And then Rasmus Kupari, a former first round pick. You have plenty of those kicking around. Even if it's Ale- uh, Arthur Kaliev, like. I understand Arthur Kalia is an exceptional scorer, a fantastic, fantastic shot, but you're bringing in, you're in win-now mode, and you're bringing in Jacob Chikrin. He's an exceptional defenseman. Exceptional, right? yeah. So, so I mean, make sacrifices. Who, like, are they going to run Norris, Stutzel, Giroux down the middle? Uh, Norris, Stutzel. I haven't seen any Stutzels at center. I've seen a lot of Pinto. So you think they're moving Sense fans love this guy, Shane Pinto. He played like 10 I games last Craig year. Craig Button loves Shane Pinto. I saw that. that. Maybe that's where that's coming from. But No, I don't think. I'm impressed by their team. They're going to be much harder to play against. And they've, that's another thing. The Leafs division, every team, all the bottom feeder teams other than Buffalo got better. Yeah. Even Montreal. Yeah. Mm, they stink. Okay, just Ottawa and Detroit got better. Yeah, yes. pretty well. 
Montreal. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Oh, well, they're rebuilding. They'll Sorry. be better than last year, probably, but they'll still be terrible. They'll still try to be worse yeah. than yeah, last year. Yeah, they'll try to be. Well, they were so bad last year, though. Yeah. We'll see. They're looking for that Bedard fella, right? Well, yeah. We like Ottawa's. Obviously, the Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau was a situation. signing. Who else did they sign? I can't even remember. Eric Branson. should know. <laughs> That's it? Woo! Well, they got Johnny Goudreau at a pretty good rate, so I think that says a lot there. Um, In terms of other forwards. There's a lot of good. Mason Marshman was an awesome signing for me. For the Dallas Stars, yeah. I think he's going to work great. Vincent Trocek got way too much term, but he's going to be really good for the Rangers. I saw people saying, like, will he be able to play with Panarin? Is it, like, that hard to play with Panarin? (laughs) He has a really good shot, too. And also, like, he could also just play not with Panarin and, like, drive a line way better than a Ryan Strom could, for example, who got yeah. $5 million from Anaheim. So, mm. I like that. Detroit, adding Cop, adding Perron. Mm-hmm. They added Ben Sherratt, too, ben Sherratt, at 475 yeah. for four. I wasn't going to mention that one, but yes. That, that was will... a heavy one. Ville Uso, 475 for three years. A little bit of a gamble, but, I mean, now you have... Huso for three years, Nedeljkovic for one more year, and then you can kind of decide what the hell to do from there. You don't have you're you're not attached to those goaltenders. Yeah. And then on top of that, guess what? You have Moritz Sider, who's a beast, and Mason and uh, Lucas Freeman. They also rolled rolled the dice on Kubalik, two years, two and a half. It was two years. Palatable deal. We'll see what happens there. Like, we'll see. Dylan Larkin. They have to get that done. Oli Mata, one year, 2.25. Depth defense and Mark Pissick, 825. But they added like six new players into their group. Yeah. Which they needed, in my opinion. So at the end of last year, with injuries and everything, they were horrible. And again, if they're not good, those guys are all also movable, I think. Like, there's no one. Like, imagine Perron at the deadline with a year left at 475. Oh, that should fetch a lot. Yeah. That should. But we'll see. And then Robbie Fabry's coming off of an injury. That'll yeah. be. We'll see. That's he's torn his ACL a couple times now. It's unfortunate. He was uh, starting to piece it all back together in Detroit there, but who knows? We'll see. Um, in terms of other winners, Carolina, Carolina, I think did a very good job. I was curious to see are they going to keep their goaltenders there? They they are going to keep them. They brought in Andre Kasha for one mil one uh, one and a half. Uh, for one, one year, year. Yeah. Uh, they brought in Brent Burns at a retained rate. I think they're only paying him five, five. to five, which five? is I think that's, that's a really good contract. Five. I think, I think he's he's thirty seven, but I think he's still got it. I so, haven't seen any injury issues with Brent Burns. No, no slowing down. Humongous shots. So that's your Tony De- D'Angelo replacement. Who they got a second and a third for. I that's think that's great. That's such tidy work because also D'Angelo is like liable to just lose his mind. He did lose his mind in that playoff series against yeah, New he York. Did. He was yelling at the coach. Some terrible penalties. They got a good return for him. They didn't give anything to get him, so it was a perfect flip. Burns is better defensively than Burns is better. Yeah, Burns just had better better overall. Better. And, like, I'm not sure that D'Angelo's numbers aren't a lot contributed to, A, the system they played in Carolina, which everyone has good numbers there. They sheltered the hell out of him. They played him minimal minutes and with Jacob Slavin. Again, when he played, he played with Jacob Slavin. We know Brent Burns is good no matter who. He's been good for 10 years playing on San Jose. Yeah. He slowed off. He wasn't worth He was a Norris defenseman, right? But at $5 that's a solid little piece. And then how about adding Max Pacioretty for free? For free. For free. And who was the process? The, the other guy they got, Dylan Coughlin. Dylan Coughlin, who's also, I think he's like, uh, 
seven D puck moving kind of guy, which is it's not bad for free. Who cares? Like, but I don't think people realize Max Pacioretty has been fantastic the last. Well, two he's years. a right shot, ninety eight born defenseman that played fifty nine games for the Golden Knights last year. Is but right? the, the, those are two unbelievable moves. Like you look, at, I, I think they've done a great job doing what, unfortunately, the Leafs for cap reasons and other well their own cap reasons couldn't do, which is change their group to grab something new in getting Pacioretty, right? You lose mm-hmm. Trocheck, You don't really have a Trocheck replacement. I get it. You lose Niederreiter, you know, hasn't produced that well in the playoffs. Max Pacioretty is a legit 30 to 40 goal scorer. Yep. Who's going to score you goals in the playoffs. And, you know, they add Kasha who maybe can give you set 60% of Niederreiter if he plays. So yep. two guys with big injury risk, but if they don't get injured, like, They'll be home runs. And right? losing Trocheck was probably baked into their idea to sign Kotkaniemi. So now it's okay. That's the guy who has to step up for him. Yeah. Will they? Will he? Probably not. I don't know. Well, insulated playing with, let's say he plays with Svechnikov and Teravainen. If you fail there, you're never going to be an NHL player. <laughs> right? Svechnikov so, and Teravainen. Wow, that'd be, that'd be nice. That'd be really nice. And again, they got Seth Jarvis. That's a, using your entry-level deals to your advantage, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome player. Oh, so imagine doing that. And it's not in our philosophy. And we didn't even talk about a guy, Marty Nakash. He's he fits in there somewhere as well. They have a yep. Daryl Belfry had a lot of nice things to say about him. That's one guy. If he ends up, they said he might be available. Could, like, Shouldn't be. If the Leafs still has sm- to be signed, right? Still has to be signed. So he still has to be signed. He was coming off of a bit of a down year, but he's. I mean, if you watch the playoffs the year before, he's a fantastic hockey player. Yeah. He's 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 ready to take that step. I think soon he's going to. He's so, budding. So he's I think I think we agree that they're they're a winner. They did a very good job. Yeah, I forgot that they got Patch ready. I think Washington him. grabbing Kemper is good for them. Kemper yeah. and Lindgren, they're I, paying their goalies less than the Leafs are play, paying theirs. And we have and they just got the top goalie from the UFA class. Five two five for five years, and I think Kemper is a lot better than the public perceptions making out right now. He Go didn't look. have a good playoffs. He couldn't see the puck. I, it turns out I was correct. The worst Stanley Cup winning playoff of all time. Yes, but they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So again, it wasn't because of him, but he, you know, he played it In well enough. That he played well <laughs> enough for them to win at the end of the day, and yep. those numbers look like more of an anomaly because if you remember in the bubble. With Arizona, he almost beat Colorado single-handedly. That's single-handedly. how good it was. Exactly. So this year with Colorado, nine twenty-seven from December on. He's a good goalie. He's a very good goalie. Nine twenty-one the entire year. He was like a top five goalie in terms of statistically across various numbers. He was a top five goalie in the league this past year. Yeah. I understand he's thirty-two. You're giving him five years. That is a little bit concerning. But five-two-five for the best goalie in this class to address a need where your goalie's weren't very good for you last year. Like, I do think they do need to adjust their philosophy defensively. You cannot have Orlov and Carlson going on two-on-ones every single game all the time. Like, you do have to make some changes there. But, I mean, going from Vanacek, Samsonov to Lingren, Kemper, not bad. I think Paying a little bit more. And they clearly weren't happy with those oh, two, Oh, they right? hated them. So they hated both of them. I think Samsonov was a bit. I mean, if you remember, Samsonov was not available in the bubble. Why? Back injury, ATVing in Russia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> As well, during that bubble year, got suspended, I believe, or had COVID troubles. What was one of them? 
caught in a hotel room yeah. doing God knows what with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. Breaking, yeah, I remember that. Yes. Ovechkin in the playoffs one year absolutely screamed at him because he misplayed a puck in overtime as well, saying this is the effing playoffs, I believe, something like that. So They also got picks for Van- – not picks. I think they moved up in the second round and grabbed yeah, a third rounder for Vanichesh. They but, gave up a second-round pick last year to Seattle to get him back. Yeah. Um, and then I think they gave up slightly – they they that's got point, slightly actually. less. But, hey, to move off them and get Kemper, that's I – th- I like that move for them as well. Yeah. Edmonton, Evander Kane. Yeah, that's a that's great a deal. That's that's the a fantastic deal. People are worried about the four year. I thought the term was going to be like five, six, yeah. seven. Yeah, but I, four. I, I think, think the term is fine. You could trade him if you need to. Yeah. Well, really. he's an interesting player because Evolving Wild is pretty low on him. He has great offensive impacts. He's a great offensive player. Probably terrible human. His penalty differential was horrific, and it was awful in the playoffs. And I've mentioned this before. Take a power play rate of the average team and then take the number of penalties you're taking. That's how many goals you're essentially giving up for your team. If you're not drawing as many penalties as you're taking, you are giving up goals. I don't care that you're not on the ice for it. That is, it it's a horrific thing to be doing. So pay attention to that. But, but on the other hand, he like scored a goal per penalty he took in the playoffs at least. So. He scored yeah. a lot of goals. Thirteen goals in the playoffs led the entire playoffs, and is also o- led in penalties. Was that their only move? Uh, uh, Jack, Jack Campbell. Campbell. Ah, okay, that guy. Yeah, former former Leaf Greg McKeg. Okay, yeah, interesting. I mean, they addressed the starting goalie. Uh, they were, I mean, Duncan Keith and Mike Smith both conveniently retired. Huh. <laughs> convenient. How convenient? Because I was saying, I was like, ha ha ha, you idiots! You have Stuart Skinner coming up. You have Mike Smith. Who's not going to retire? Like, what the hell are you going to do? And you need to address the goaltending situation. And you have no cap space. Poof. Five and a half gone from Duncan Keith. Poof. Mike Smith, goodbye as well. Is he for sure retiring? Who? My, uh, Mike Smith? Yes, yeah. he, he retired. Oh, you're already retired? Oh, okay. Like, another funny thing. Kevin Woodley said this. It was, um, or Dmitry Filipovich said this one. It was you're going from Mike Smith, who screams at you no matter how the goal goes in, whether it's from the other team's blue line or from the other team's stands or wherever. It doesn't matter where how the goal goes in. Mike Smith goes ape shit for some God knows what reason. You're going from that nonsense to Jack Campbell. That's going to be a lot more fun to yeah. play in front of. It's going to be sure. a lot easier. Right? Yeah. Two opposite ends. Yeah. Two opposite. Ends. Something interesting about them is they have. Okay, never mind. Sorry. We're back on the interesting trade. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Sorry. They have, they have players on injured reserve. No, they just have eighty-two and a half million dollars. They have zero cap space, but that's because they have players. But on they're injured. done. Yeah, but no, no. Well, they have. They're not done. They have McLeod, Puliarvi, and Yamamoto all as RFA's. One oh. will probably like one will will get moved and Puliarvi. That seems to be the guy they want out. But Yamamoto is probably going to make a, a not not it's a lot, but a decent amount. Right, but it doesn't matter because they have players on LTIR. So, yeah, yeah. I was we'll just see confused what they do for there. They are actually not done. You're correct on yes. that. Yes, but uh, we'll see how Ken Holland cooks this one up. What about bad off seasons? Who who else has had a bad off season or an underwhelming off season? Ooh, just thinking about the Leafs. I, I think Philly, Philly's. Oh, Philly's been I think they horrible. Grand- I think like Philly just in terms of they have these grand plans. You're right. Johnny Goudreau. But to me, it's just more more so of like previous horrible off seasons just accumulating into one because then Chuck Fletcher just came out and said, 
ah, sorry, guys, we can't sign Goudreau. We have no cap space. <laughs> so the funny thing is they never – I don't think they were ever – I think Friedman said it in his like, the last 32 thoughts of the year. Was He said that uh, they never intended to sign him anyways. No, I don't buy that. Yeah. Really? I just think nobody would That's take JBR. Well, like they were like, Probably. no, we're okay. not trading JBR. He's a, he's a flyer. I don't think they wanted to give up anything to they get rid of JBR. But should have like, tried to trade him the Leafs. Yeah, they're Ooh. in like a win now mode, but they don't have a win now team. Yeah. Look at their decor, and look at the money they're spending. Rasmus Ristolainen, Tony D'Angelo. Who else they got? You just Ryan, you get the rid ghost of those, of, the ghost of Ryan Ellis. You get rid of those two guys. You just get Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. <laughs> The funny, the funniest part about the Anthony D'Angelo, they gave up a second, third, fourth to get the player that they traded a second for last season. The second to trade, to second trade away last season in Shane Goss's bear. There are Pretty arguably yeah. similar, like the same player, if not like one is eighty percent of the other. And they made. Well, that's what happens when your coach says you don't like a guy, and then ten games and you fire your coach. So it didn't even really matter at the yeah. end of the day. But they also gave a first. For, they gave a first. Uh, Philip Myers. Prospect, a second, third, fourth, for two seconds for Ristolainen and then D'Angelo. Wow, it's a lot. And <laughs> and Ryan Ellis, and they're going to probably end up trading someone because of it too. We'll see what happens on D for them, but they're they've done terrible. <laughs> like they've done there's, absolutely there's terrible. No other way around it. They uh, they've completely. And then like on top of that, like Philly's not an easy place to play, and you've got Carter Hart. As your goalie, who's not really living up to expectations, which I mean, look at the defense in front of him, man. Like, and the COVID year was pretty tough for him as well. So. At least they got Delorier for one point seven five for four years. Nick Delorier, yeah, hmm. they won't. At least they'll be tougher. Torts will like that. <sighs> oh god! Another team I think maybe blew some cap when they didn't need to is Anaheim. I think Ryan Strom at five by five is a. Big overpayment. It's a massive overpayment. I like Frank Vetrano. I think Frank Vetrano yeah. at three years at 3.65 is also an overpayment. 3.6? Yeah. yeah. I said that last episode. I'm like, I think we if we can get him 2.5, 3, yeah. they'll be okay. And then 3.6, I mean. But they don't have too many commitments right now. So that kind of happens. I guess the off seasons yeah. get away from you, right? Yeah. But in terms of Tony D'Angelo versus Shane Gossespierre, five on five this year, D'Angelo had 25 points in 64 games. But meanwhile, Shane Gostis Bear had 32 points in 82 games. That's a just five on five. And one played on one of the best teams in the league, and one played on literally the worst team we've seen in a, yeah. in a long time. Shane Gostis Bear had 51 points in 82 games this year on Arizona. Good for, let's see where his team ranked was. Probably second. Good for fourth on the team. Fourth. Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Phil Castle. Oh, yeah, Schmaltz had an insane like eight-point game or seven-point game or something. Yeah, he did eight point fifty nine points in sixty three games, which you can comfortably say they won that Dylan Strom trade. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. The other team, Vegas, I don't know what's going on there. They're they're, they're a mess. shambles. It's funny because like I asked Chris Johnson in Twitter Space, like, what are these teams that have three goalies going to be doing? It seemed like he didn't know, and they're they still have just done nothing. I think Leonard's going to start the year on IR. Ooh. Wow, that's big. That's really big. Yeah. What, are they going to run back the Tampa Bay strategy, the LTIR strategy? I don't know. <laughs> it didn't work last year. I'll tell you that for but free. But, again, that was a team. Maybe people say the same thing about Tavares. Like, did they need to go for Petrangelo? Petrangelo's a sick defenseman, but the ripple effect of that move has 
abs almost gutted the rest of their roster. Is Alec Martinez back? Yeah, I think all? he's supposed to be back. Okay. But and then trade I love trading for Jack Eichel. I think both of those moves made a ripple like they didn't have a plan when they were doing that. No. I have no mm-hmm. issue doing those two things. But all they did was trade guys away for free to do that. I feel like yeah. they never had, like, from day one, just never had a long-term strategy. Remember, they traded a first, second, and a third for Tatar. Yeah, the yeah. Tatar one. That was bad. That's what started. And then the offseason, they traded Tatar for Pat, uh, Tatar right. and Suzuki. Nick Suzuki, and I think more. I think it's, it was a second, second as well. It was a second. For Max Petrovic. And when, when they made that trade, we even said, I can't believe they dealt Nick Suzuki. And then... Patrick ended up coming in and being awesome for them. Yeah. But now but they Tatar traded, was awesome for Montreal. And now they <laughs> traded Patrick for free. Yep. <laughs> their one their one strong move was getting Mark Stone. For just for just Brandstrom, that was yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, Brandstrom. Brandstrom uh, Lind Lind Lindbergh. And their team's still good, but Oscar Lindbergh. Yeah. Who are like who are the guys they lost for free? Nate Schmidt, they essentially lost for free. The third, yeah. But yeah, for free. Mark Fleury, Andre Fleury for, for free. free. Pacioretty, uh, literally for free. Pacioretty for free. Who else are the other guys that have gone? There's been a lot. Yeah. I think they lost like David Perron to free agency, yeah. James Neal to free agency, yeah. which James Neal. Good call. Good. <laughs> right? So. Um, the problem is like their depth now. Cody just... Glass, they like they drafted him high and they held on to him and then he never developed. And then they brought in Nolan Patrick, who's struggling right now it's uh it's a lot more the, bleak the real again where you see they have no plan was the that enough trade yeah that was a that really was, like we're not going to get we're not going to get jack eichel we can we can replace him with someone else so uh, and then again in the in the eichel trade they had to trade a guy we loved for three years on that team and alex tuck oh yeah, yeah. they're saying you know if he had a bigger role buffalo loves him now that's like essentially to get Eichel, they had to give up Flurry, Tuck, and Pacioretty. That's the ripple effect of that. That's wow. a big, big <laughs> trade. And again, Jack Eichel might be worth it, but he's also coming up off neck surgery. And not a very good year. And not a very good year. I remember, hey, a lot of Leafs fans wanted to trade Mitch Marner for Jack Eichel last summer. Would you still trade Mitch Marner for Jack Eichel? <laughs> it's, it's worth wondering. I don't know. I don't know about this one, Jim. But yeah, that's another another team that you just question. Disaster, but they're the still other teams good. with goal too many goalies. San Jose, they have Kakinen, Hill, and Reimer. Uh, the New Jersey Devils have Bernier. I don't know what's going on with his injury. They have Mackenzie Blackwood, and they have now Vanacek, and then the Golden Knights. But apparently, Laner is still injured, and I don't. I don't know if Thompson is waiver exempt. I don't know what's going on there, but it's going to be another shoot from the hip trade that they might have to make. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The we'll one, one, the an one other on. team I wanted to give credit to, this is going to come as a complete shock to everyone. You ready? The Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh. For two signings in particular. I think signing Sergachev at eight and a half was a little rich. I'll be honest. Yeah. I think he has a potential to be that level of defenseman. Ooh. I think, I don't think, when you look at like traits, I don't think he there's a trait he doesn't have skating shot, physicality, defensive awareness, everything. It's just, he hasn't like done it in the top role yet. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Anthony Sorelli making six, two, six, two is immediately one of the best contracts in the NHL. 
like legitimately one yeah. of the best. He is probably the most important player in their forward group in terms of when they don't have him, it looks a lot different. He's not the best, but I, I think if you ask me right now, who would they get rid of in a deal, Stamkos or Sorelli, they'd get rid of Stamkos. Yes, 100%. That's the level that this guy's at. That's like he got the same as like Cop and Trocheck and it's crazy. Pretty well. He's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then Eric's Chernak. Nobody knows how good this guy is. They probably like never will. He's one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL and he's making five point two. You may say, Well, that's a lot for a defense with no offensive upside. What did Eric Branson just sign for? Huh. And he doesn't even have defensive upside. I love Josh Manson. What did Josh Manson sign for? Uh four, four and, a and a half or so. Adam Pellick just went for five seven five by eight. Chernak's better. Wow. Yeah? yeah. Okay. In my opinion, I think they're close, but yeah, yeah, Chernak does have a Stanley Cup. Like, who would I rather have, him or any of the Leafs defensemen? Him. <laughs> yeah. And that's not a slight on the Leafs defensemen. He's just that good. You get a guy who will do boss. all the things that no one else wants to do, and still put up good impacts analytically as well. Have Especially, like eight broken bones and still block shots. <laughs> like uh, it's it's remarkable what they do. And again, like we talked about, they lost Palat, which is tough. I'm sure they tried to sign him. They can't fit Palat at six million. They just can't. No. So they signed Nemestikov at two point five. Yeah. We'll is see. Nemestikov as good as Palat? No. No. Could he give seventy percent of Palat? Yeah. Same thing with Ian Cole. We talked about earlier. Ian Cole, three million dollars. Yeah. Is he as good as McDonough? No, honestly, he, he may play that well this year, though. That's how good this Ooh. guy's played. Probably not to the level of McDonough, but I bet the fancy stats will like him more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fancy stats already liked him a bit last year in, in his three previous years, like rocking a 90 defensive uh, gar or whatever it is for uh, on Evolving, evolving Wild. And their depth is still crazy. Yep. Go, go look at their daily faceoff. Yeah. Tampa Bay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they still have. That whole fourth line, I believe, stays intact. They re- they brought back Nick Paul. Hagel, they'll try to be better. Colton will try to, like, they're deep still. Yeah, they are. Any other teams that uh, uh, underwhelmed? I don't know what Vancouver's plan is. I have no idea. Calgary was a weird signing. Simply is they just haven't done anything, but that just might be because of their RFAs. Yeah, um, there's that. Like New York, you can't really say. They have, Islanders they've we'll done see. nothing. We'll see. Yeah. It's, well, we don't know if they've actually done nothing. They That's always true. like to just dump everything probably in August. Um, so the best available, there are still players out there. Mm-hmm. The best available players, obviously, number one, Nazem Kadri. Uh, nobody knows what's going on. I don't even, everyone's pitched him apparently. I don't know. Um, Matthew Kachuk is going to team arbitration with the, the Flames, and he could go to unrestricted free agency next year if it's just a one-year deal. Something to keep your eye on. Um, I only have... Why is it all the RFAs showing? Please. So speaking of Calgary, do you think Kadri's a candidate there? I think so. That's got to be the move they make to bounce back, right? If they want to still be a contender. They're in win-now mode, right? Like, you signed Markstrom to all that money. You lost Johnny Goudreau. Like, how, you have how much, Matthew Kachuk for how much longer? You have Andrew Manjapane. You need to figure out as well. So how much do you think that Matthew Kachuk makes? Let's say 10? Yeah. Fair? Uh, he should make more, though. Yeah, but like, let, let's say 10, okay? I think he deserves 11. If yeah. this boogeyman arbitrator is giving Andre Kasha 3000000 million, they're, they're probably going to hit him 20. I don't know. Yeah. But 
so sorry. Back to uh, yeah. So to Chuck Ten Manjapani, how much? I think they could probably bridge him. That's probably their like plan. what? Yeah. What do you think the number five. would be? Five. Yeah. If they bridge him, is he going one. to UFA? He's twenty six. So yeah. He's a ninety six born. I don't want to bridge him then. Yeah. So you want to sign? You're him. right. They have no up. space. So like five, six and, and then six Ooh. and a half even, and then they have Shillington. It's sign as well. Who's probably like a? You can't bridge that one as well. That's a UFA. Yeah, twenty five years old. Arbitration rights. Wow. So they don't have space for those guys. They they for Kadri at least. They don't have space for Kadri unless they. Oh, they, they got to buy out Lucic. Unless they somehow move Monahan. They got to buy out Lucic. Or if Monahan's going to be injured. Well, Monahan, yeah, Monahan will be injured the entire year. Okay, so then they have six mil in cap space. But what we just added up to is they have eighteen mil in cap space right now, plus the six mil. Um. I also think 20. they can move Lucic. He has a yeah. no move. Mm. Oof. They got to buy him out. Something. Crates, you know, that would some be the move. You got to buy him out. Yeah. It's unfortunate you only have him for one more year, right? But, yeah. Best of available signed, players. They've signed some good deals. And only, and only cre- here's the problem of buying him out, though. You only get 600K in cap space. Oh, my God. How much does he account for in cap space if he's bought four, out this year? $4 million, six, six, Oh, six, my six, God. Six, so you can't. <laughs> Because then you have to get a player to replace him, and then that I don't know. Yeah, anyway, just replacing him with so it. So Calgary's yeah. a mess, even though they have it appears a lot of cap space, but that's a that's a disaster of a situation. So aren't you happy we didn't bridge Mitch Marner for two years or whatever it was? Ha ha ha. Anyways, um, so best available players I mentioned: Nazem Kadri, Patrice Bergeron hasn't officially he's signed. In, he's on Boston. He's on Boston. Yeah. Um, I'm just going by points sorted here, but Phil Kessel. I don't think he's going to be going for very much. I'd love, I'd love I, to throw I, a dart at him. I would throw a dart at him, too. If, he, if he, wants he wants to come, come back, back. I like, highly doubt that. I'd give him all the hot. I'd buy him I all wouldn't the be surprised hot. if he retires. No, not just short of the 1,000 game streak. Oh, yeah, that's true. No way. So there's that. But anyways. Uh, so Pittsburgh go should back sign to, him again. I think he's going back to Arizona. Pittsburgh should sign him. Yeah. Like, that's a no-brainer. Uh, next up, John Klingberg, Paul Stasny. Nino Niederreiter, Evan Rodriguez, Sonny Milano, Danton Heinen was a decent player this year. Sam Gagne still out there, which, no thanks, uh, if I'm honest. Ryan Donato, he's a low-key good finisher. He's gone on some really good hot streaks. Apparently praised the rosary before every game as well that I've heard. So, nice uh, nice, nice boy. <laughs> Tyler Ennis, who is the best to ever do it, has as labeled, uh, and then you got your other guys, G- Alex Chazon, P.K. Subban, Jonathan Dallin, Brian Boyle, Johan Larson, and the rest of them. Jason's right, though. The cap is, it looks like teams have space, but when you click at some of the RFAs they need to sign, oh, they yeah. don't. They like don't. Dallas, 12 mil. Okay, sign Robertson and Andre. <laughs> that's, that's more than that space, right? <laughs> yeah. So Ooh. I will say Seattle still does have some space. Could that be a cadre team in terms of, you know, if he wants $10 million, would That's they give him that? That's crazy to go for it in your second. You're essentially going for it. How much cap space then do you have for Beneers and Wright? Yeah, I don't know. That's I'm just saying, for example, uh, okay. Senators have to resign tomorrow. I think the Devils are a prime still. The Golden Knights still have to resign Nicola Waugh and Nick Hague. They have no Hague. space, though, so I don't know how they're going to do that. Wait, Offer sheet. I have a question. Why did, why did Seattle sign Martin Jones to $2 million for a year? Dreger's done for the year. Yeah, he's ACL. Oh, oh I, ACL. Did, I did not know that. Yeah, okay. okay. ACL. Okay. I also saw I was like, in the In the finals of the World Championship. Okay, too, okay. I believe, if I'm not correct. That sucks. 
Yeah, I know. Really but, tough. Hey, Anaheim does have a ton of space, actually, still. Yeah, they still have 20. Why, why didn't they just qualify Milano? That's what I don't get. There's something, I mean. No idea. I don't think he's a Pat Verbeek guy, maybe. No idea. It seems dumb. Seems yeah. dumb straight up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when you I, think about it, though, I mean, like, Sonny Milano's not like a young guy, a young budding spreading like guy, right? Like, he 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 had thirty four well, thirty four points. What is 34 it? Thirty four points, points in sixty six games. If he's a guy that you need to play in your top six, and that's the max production he's going to give you, is a point every other game, and he can't fit in anywhere else in your lineup. Like, then what are you doing? Yeah, I guess. But it was just such a little point, like I cap know. number. That's it's, it's a very small cap number. I don't know. Maybe they're scared of the boogeyman arbitrator again. Who knows? I think I think New Jersey's the team to watch for. for they have too many goalies. They tried to go after Johnny Goudreau for a lot of money, so they can move out some money. I like still. the I like Pollard. It's expensive. They still have to sign help. Jesper Brad. I don't know what they're doing there, yeah. but they're gonna try to squeeze them. Obviously, yeah. it's crazy that we're like almost a week past free agency. I would say five days, whatever it's been, and there's still a lot of guys left, and there's a lot of it's it's the Islanders. One, so, someone's going to the Islanders. Has it's, to be. It has to be. That would make sense. It has to be. That would really make sense. Hmm. How much does Noah Dobson make in arbitration? arbitration? No, or, no, no, no sorry, not in arbitration, just as an RFA. Two and a half. Two. Three, yeah. Three. One, two. Three. If you bridge him. Yeah, he had fifty-one points, thirteen goals, though. So he had a really good what? Okay, so points? three, three and a half. Sure. Yeah, he's gonna three, three and a half. I'll give you that. He's but a good then, player. Then you still have space. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyways, any other points that you guys had you wanted to share? It's fun, fun free agency. Yep. Johnny Gaudreau is like the total shocker of free agency. It's just, I don't know so, what happened there. He's going on spitting chicklets tomorrow, so you'll. Apparently, he gives all like the answers on there. So, because in his press conference when he was asked about Calgary, he gave the most cryptic non-answers ever. Actually, he did give a non-answer. He said like I don't want to talk about Calgary. He said he'll address it later. But or it seems just from you know reading between maybe the, the lines, stampede mucked up his Gucci shoes when maybe. he was on that horse. Between the lines, or seems Yeezys. like it was important for him to play back on the East Coast time zone wise. You can read into that whatever you want. He did say on a Spit and Chicklets episode when he got drafted, his mom was like, because uh, he was playing that hockey tournament, he was like, he had to like, get off the ice, and his mom was like crying, he's like, "Oh, far Calgary is so far, I don't, I'm never gonna see you ever again." Yeah, but it's still okay. Like, he didn't even sign in his hometown. He signed know. close though, close yeah. enough, I guess. Yeah, but uh, it's like they always say: whenever you have a chance to leave money on the table and move to Ohio, <laughs> you do it. <laughs> uh, and that was said by nobody. Ever. I will say, if he plays with Liney, that is an electric duo. That is an Liney, Goudreau, Voracek? The, who's playing center? Uh, forgot about, forgot about this. You need someone to play a Don't need one. In center there. Whoever gets... Boone if, Jenner. Put Boone Jenner down the middle. Oh, Dude, God. Steve is just... Steve loves Boone Jenner. Who's Steve? A friend, uh, friend of mine. Okay. Thanks. All right. Shout out Steve. Shout out Steve. Loves <laughs> Boone Loves... Loves... Like... Ir- irrationally loves Boone Jenner. I don't, I don't care. At three seven five, he plays with those two. He'll earn every penny of that deal. Oh God, their team's not bad, really. It's yeah, not they're shaping up. Bad. It's just the middle. That's team. where, like, we just mentioned. Okay, like all the bottom teams from the East from last year. Just have them in your head. We said that the summer winners were Ottawa, Detroit, and Columbus. Yep. How many teams miss the playoffs every year? 
right? I don't yeah. know. Like, and that's three and teams that New drastically Jer- improved. We said New Jersey. And New Jersey's improved. going to get better. I guarantee mm-hmm. you. Do they have a goalie still? I would say no. They have like half of a goalie twice. Yeah, I don't even. Would know. you rather have Is their tandem Blackwood? or the Leafs tandem? Ah, uh, the Leafs tandem. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's. A, I think it's close, and I think that. I like Samsonov be... over Vanacek. I don't know what Blackwood is anymore. Samsonov over Vanacek? I think so. Oh, okay, that's my opinion. No, I, I think it's close. It's a coin flip, whatever. Yeah. But who played? I guess yeah, they're similar numbers. I don't know. They went back and forth. They hate. They hated both of them enough to throw them away. They'll probably make it as a duo, like one and a half less than the Leafs duo, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. I would have taken Vanacek and Samson. Oh, yeah. New Jersey made a couple moves, too. Marine, John Marino. Marine, yeah. That was oh, a yeah, great move. Oh, yeah, I forgot about move. those. That was one of the better moves. I don't know what Pittsburgh And then Pittsburgh did, did make a move. We almost missed that one. Pittsburgh made a move. Jeff Petrie Jeff Petrie for Michael Matheson. I don't think. No, it was Petrie and Ryan Paling for Michael Matheson in a fourth. I think that's a net loss on those two trades for Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think so, too. Because you're getting Petrie in his older years at mm-hmm. the most, more expensive part of his contract. And I think Matheson's quite a few years younger. He's yeah. 94 born. He's okay. Well, I don't know. He's all right. Petrie fits Pittsburgh's window better. Probably. <laughs> but like, but I think Matheson might, might. I think he's probably better than Petrie. Yeah. Petrie also yeah. just had a horrible year. Yeah, but I don't think we'll see be, he'll yeah. be that bad. But in terms of New Jersey, I like adding Marino as mm-hmm. like a, yeah. a decent bet on D there. I love... The sneakiness of adding Halla for Zaka when you understand what they need, which is they need somebody to win face-offs, face-offs for them because Jack Hughes can't win face-offs. <laughs> and Halla actually, like, we made fun of him as a second-line center for Boston, but he was would have been a solid third-line center. Yeah. And he doesn't even have to play that. He can just play wing, wing. with Hughes. I made fun face-offs. of him because all these Boston fans were like, name a better second-line yeah. center in the league. Like every single it's one. like all of them. Right. Dumbass. And then, you know, they still have – they got Hichier, Hughes down the middle. Palat's a great addition. Some decent young talent on the team. We'll see what happens. I think they should have picked Shane Wright, but who knows? <laughs> who we'll knows? see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. I think that's all we got for this episode, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you rate the show, please. We're begging you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs, go.